In a world where 80s is considered retro, comics now dominate the movies, and toys grace the shelves of every IT call center, we are the Near Mint Fanboys. Welcome to uh, episode one, season two of the, the <laughs> Nearman Fanboys podcast. I am uh, going to be your host for this episode. This is Fred. Chase. And Brian. And we're back. Finally. How's everybody doing? Finally. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's been a long, cold winter, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> winter came. <laughs> and so did we. And Whoa. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> this is family friend. friend. <laughs> Racing. We're going to have the uh, that explicit language thing on iTunes, <laughs> which I'm curious. I hope our account is still working. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Doing good. It's been, uh, like I said, it's been a while. We've had a lot of things going on and everything yeah. like that. Uh, it's kind of kept us away from doing this, and I, I hate that, but, you know, yeah. life happens, and, you know, when you do this for fun, it, you know, sometimes takes a back seat to the other things you got to do for stuff. Where adults are not allowed to have fun. Yeah, we're allowed to have fun once a year. We, we got we got to sneak it in every now and then, you know. Lend the wipes away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just send my wife and son away, and uh, we snuck in a podcast. That's what we're doing. I saw you posted a picture of them driving off this morning. <laughs> yes. And I was like, there's my cue. I loaded up the Jeep and headed down. Go, go, go. a secret code we had planned ahead of time. When Freddie saw the picture, he knew it was time to, to head down. <laughs> Here, DL. The DL. Show, she'll hear it a month later when we post this. <laughs> so we're probably back. not. <laughs> oh no, no, not that you won't post it. That she just will hear it. That's what I was. I was like, oh, our one listener. <laughs> yeah, our one listener. Oh no. <laughs> was anything anything new going on with you guys in the world of uh, pop culture? Or anything that we want to get into before we start the show proper? Well, I recently got a PS4, so I've enjoyed the uh, the new level of playing different games and new things that are out uh, on the, the the next generation console. Yeah. So just in time for them to probably announce a new one. Whatever. Yeah. He just watches Netflix on it like he did the PS3. <laughs> it's not true. I played many Lego video games on it and uh, probably beat more games in the time I've had it than you beat <laughs> in the time you've had yours. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't think I've ever beat a video game yet. PS4 is what I'm looking at getting just because I have a video game on Kickstarter that I'm going to have to fill out the backer form for here soon. Uh-huh. And I haven't picked like which platform I want to use uh, like that. But the game that I'm, I'm so I'm going to get a PS4 uh, for this game. And it's actually the uh, Battle Chasers yep. uh, oh, video yep. game. Uh, Joe, Joey Mad, Joe, Joe Madura. Madura. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. So hopefully we can, when I get it, we can play it. He's almost close to getting the, the sheet out for cool. people to fill wow. out. So. It's supposed to be released next month. Is it really? Or, or excuse me, in October. 
That's one that's been advertised for. Yeah, because I think you can pre-reserve it from GameStop. You know what? That fucking sucks because that dude, pardon my language, but that dude hasn't even sent out the stuff for the Kickstarter people to fill out. He, oh, keep, man. he keeps posting, like, we're getting the backer form ready. Well, it's Joe Madeira. He, yeah, I know. I'm know, still waiting for it taken Battle to Chasers number <laughs> 8. Which is supposed to come in. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, he's uh, with the with the video which game and kind of resurgence. The... He wants to finish this comic book series, so that'll be interesting. Which is cool. And, and that's the... funny. I got that straight from his mouth too. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yep. Well, cool because that plays into uh, is, is he that's on your listing? Funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is cool that he. Met, I'm assuming you met you met him at a con and not like at a gas station or well. <laughs> depending on where the con was at, you know, it might have been better at a uh, gas station. But yeah, yeah, I did meet him at this uh, past May at the uh, Alamo City Comic Con. Sweet. Well, we can get into uh, our our episode. The theme for uh, our comeback episode is actually going to be Comic Cons, where, I mean, it's a big part of uh, pop culture now. So we've had a lot of experiences at conventions in different forms of it. Chase having the more cooler aspect of going to cons and Chase goes in as an employee. I get paid for going to do well, and I've done a lot <laughs> of prep for money. cons as working at the, uh, a book, a comic book store. We did a lot of prep for cons and getting ready for stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I've got to see that side of it. I've always seen your side of it when I go to the store when a con is getting ready <laughs> and you're just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in his defense, they were always getting ready for cons. Yeah, every time I pull up to the store, there's like a U-Haul truck <laughs> like, back up loading stuff. Stuff I wanted to buy is already on the road to a convention. Sorry, you'll have to go to the convention to get it. Uh, it'll be back here <laughs> so for like three days, and then they'll go to another convention. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to do all all con talk today. Our different experiences, uh, you know, what we like, what we dislike, all the fun we have. All the murder wanting to murder people all the murdering people all the lines good god the lines oh you know what else was new this uh well new right as we're speaking it probably won't be new as the as we release this but uh the guardians of the galaxy volume 2 blu-ray came out just this oh, past yeah. week or just the past tuesday yeah yeah that movie was fantastic all around and the 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 blu-ray dvd digital home release all came out and it's yeah that was just a lot of cool stuff on that yeah. uh, on that release that they did, and and I just I can't wait for it. It's it's hard to say. It's hard to have a movie that's better than its original, but I truly think that Guardians of the Galaxy two was better than the first one. Yeah, I liked it. I only saw. It. I mean, did you guys see it multiple times before before it came out? On uh, no, no. Unfortunately, right? we just got to see it once. I really, but uh, I I would have gone and seen it more times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't. I can't necessarily wholeheartedly agree with your saying. I mean, I think I think the second one was a lot more fun than the first one for a lot of the stuff. But I I don't know if the story was as crisp as the first one. But I but I did it together. I like the whole cohesive story that both films tell together. Yeah, I don't like that. It felt like uh, I don't. I mean, I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I to me, it felt like a. Uh, like it was an episode of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's like this episode, right. Peter meets his dad. Yeah. What is his dad up to? I like the, uh, I didn't like that aspect of it. No, my favorite aspect of it was the whole uh, Rocket and Yondu storyline. Absolutely. With Baby That's like my favorite part of that that whole movie. Uh, I liked it. I think one of the things that uh, that annoys me and keeps me from being 
100% gung-ho on Guardians of the Galaxy is a lot of the fans of the <laughs> of the movie get on my nerves. Because, <laughs> like, I, I didn't get to see the movie until, like, a week after it had been released. Right. And then I work in IT, so, like, all I hear all day long is, like, oh, Mary Poppin' John. I'm just like, I hate now, not because you spoiled something for me, because I know that's going to be the catchphrase of the summer. Right. It's going to get on my nerves. Like, I am rude or whatever uh-huh. was said two or three years ago. This is from a crazy nerds lady. Uh, no, actually her husband. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Great. her husband, who who is a member of the, was it 501st or whatever? Oh, yeah, 501st. He, he, dresses yeah. like, he dresses like, what's his name, Krennic from Rogue One. Oh, oh okay. I know who you're talking about. I've seen him at the convention. And he looks like him. He has a surprisingly crazy resemblance to the actor who plays Craig. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Like his messenger thing on our, our company message messaging system is him dressed as Craig. And I was like, oh, holy wow. crap, you look, if you weren't such an a-hole, like, <laughs> right. I would give you props for looking like that guy. <laughs> But yeah, but I, I loved it. I mean, I probably pick it up yeah. to, today and after after we get done recording because I need to get it at the 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 lower price before yeah, it right. Jackson. <laughs> well, you know, and I love the fact that they changed Peter Quill's parent. Uh, you know, made ego Peter's father. I love that better than yeah. what they do in the comics because even in the comics they talk about he's the son of the Spartax Emperor. But when you look in the grand scheme of Marvel Universe, Spartax are very low on the cosmic. Right, that's so, true. So it's kind of like, but you, if you bring those, bring that in, and people are like, the casual fan is going to be like, who the heck yeah. are these guys? Yeah. But if you bring in something big like ego and figuratively and metaphorically, yeah. you know, you you open up a bigger aspect of that the cinematic universe yeah. and everything. I just I love that they went that route instead of the traditional route. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah, overall that was a better decision than staying true to the core material. Well, yeah. and I think James Gunn's done a good job of while all altering uh, the characters a little bit uh, in the movies, he he keep he stays true to the characters' essence, even though he's altered their background a little bit or altered their character a little bit. Uh, I will say. Uh, Peter Quill's father in the comics uh, is a bigger jack wagon than Ego was in the movies. And if you don't believe that, you need to go read some of the comics because he is a big old D-bag. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, and that's that's kind of one of the reasons I like the character in the comics because he just makes a great, uh, uh, not really a villain. He is a villain at times for for Star-Lord and the rest of the Guardians, but he's just this, this constant reminder uh, that, you know, Peter wants his father's this way, but he wants to be better than that, you know? Uh, yeah. but yeah, as, as far as the movie goes, I, I, I think one of the things that I liked about it, and this is not always true of sequels is I think you could watch this second one before you watch the first one and still have a completely enjoyable movie and full story without anything like that and miss very little and not even have to know their origins. And it's a good solid movie and stands on its own without the first one. But then, like you said, with the first one and the first one was a good solid movie in its own, but with them together, creating a whole cohesive thing and even, uh, bringing in characters that were the original guardians Mm -hmm. into this, this world to the point where now, you know, if they get past, uh, uh, the third movie and James Gunn decides to go somewhere else, they can take other characters and do something else and still have Guardians of the Galaxy and not necessarily be all the same actors or characters. Well, that's funny you bring that up because uh, I read an article yesterday, actually, 
that uh, you know James Gunn's gonna he's gonna do Volume Three and that's gonna be his last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But he said with the way that movie's panning out, it's going to set up the next ten to twenty years worth of Marvel movies. So we're seeing, and so that just shows that the emphasis is going to be on how many movies coming are going to be emphasis on the cosmic aspect of it. Yeah, and, and even more than that, because it, it said something, you know, uh, you know, the Guardians is going to be kind of a linchpin for the, like you said, that, and it doesn't always have to be Earth. There's so many ties to Earth and, and sure. things like that. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see a movie that everybody, or a franchise, a movie franchise that everybody thought initially when that first one comes out, they didn't know who these characters were yeah. and everything like that. And now it's going to be one of the movies that really holds the whole MCU together yeah, and yeah. F- going forward. And can we all just agree that the opening credits for volume two is the greatest opening <laughs> credit scene of all time? I, I was, I <laughs> you know, I, I, yes, I definitely agree. It was, I, it was the to flash. me, I, I love the opening credits of the first one. I it just, oh, yeah, it yeah. hit so many beats and it was just perfect. And it set up for a movie that was just going to be fun, yeah. you know? And and this did the same thing, but it brought it up a notch. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it was just I mean, fantastic having this whole epic battle scene going on in the background, <laughs> and the main focus of the opening Christmas is group baby group dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said, it just it it was similar enough to the first one that you got the reference, but it was it so much all its own yeah. that it you know almost made you forget about the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I got to pick that up on my. Remind me to pick that up on my way home. Somebody text me about an hour after I leave. <laughs> so, like, are you at Best Buy? Well, cool. Yeah, so I'll definitely have to. Um, has a lot of cool special features on it. Oh too. yeah, yeah. What's on? Uh, you've got uh, you've got the Z- Zardu Hasselbrow. Oh, that... uh, the the oh, music, the video, music video, video. Yeah, uh, with I can't remember the name. David Hasselhoff. Yeah, doing playing his character. <laughs> well, and what's great about this? If you haven't seen it yet. Yes, it's the song that David Hasselhoff sings on the in the mo- at the end of the movie or during the credits. But it's uh, the the they have the cast of the movie dressed up in different costumes in the music video. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it looks very much like a late seventies, early eighties music video. It, yeah. it, it's it's definitely Age of Disco. Yeah, ask. <laughs> You know, uh, and it's it's absolutely hilarious. They've got the extended, deleted scenes. Uh, the there's um, the audio commentary, uh, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm looking forward to because it is James Gunn doing the audio commentary, yeah. and I loved his commentary on the first Guardians. They also have a featurette on the uh, new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride that just opened up in uh, oh, yeah. California. Oh, the, the escape from. Yep. Uh, man, that uh, the breakout guardians of the breakout or something like that. Yeah. Did you, did you hear about the first day that ride opened? <laughs> there was a nine-hour wait oh, geez, wow. for that ride. <laughs> the day it opened, and what it was is they've taken the old uh, Tower of Terror ride and yeah. they converted it. <laughs> so it's it's, and they must have done a really good job because I've heard nothing but good things well, about it. Yeah. From what I understand, the way it's set up is you're. It's set up like the collector's trophy room. So you're going to, so like they've got different um, containers that have different uh, stuff from like various movies and even, and even stuff that may be showing up later on. And the premise of it is the collector has caught the guardians of the galaxy. It's his newest 
but Rocket breaks out. Uh-huh. So you hear like Rocket rumbling around and he's, but That's they actually cool. got the cast to come in and film these new these scenes for this ride. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, so apparently, as you go down the ride, like in, if anyone's wrote, wrote the uh, tower, uh, you know, it'll stop, doors will open, and it'll show you something, and it'll do uh-huh. that. And it's the same thing. And basically, as you're go from what I from what I gathered, as you're as you're going down the ride, the doors will open, and you'll see something that I'm trying to escape, or in a fight, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, fun. Cool. Where's that? Disney World or Land? Uh, it's Disneyland, Disneyland but it's well, the California, California Adventure. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, go, uh, if you haven't bought it or plan on buying it, go get it as soon as possible. You'll truly, truly enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy Blu-ray release or the DVD release <laughs> or the digital release. Just get, just get, just get the three pack. Have you know? There's nothing wrong with having options of how you want to watch yeah. it. I always end up just watching it only on digital. And even though I buy the hard copy of it, first thing I do is just like, give me that digital code. I'm gonna watch this on my iPad. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like on the on the worst screen possible. I, I only do digital when I don't. I'm feeling really lazy and don't want to get up and put the disc in the player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's pretty. Or if we're out there. Uh, about somewhere and everything, and I've got the tablet and stuff like that. Yeah. Or if I got a movie that you hadn't bought yet. <laughs> Digital is the way to go. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to be obsessed with. I won't be. I won't be editing this episode. I'll just be like watching. Like, really, 14 hours of extra content. This episode will go out in time for Halloween. We better say something spooky to coincide. Boom. <laughs> there we go. Welcome to our Halloween spectacular. All right. Well, we want to get into some uh, our comic convention thoughts and yeah, absolutely things. Um, oh, like I said, I mean, I didn't really start going to cons until I was thinking about it when we were putting our our talking points and stuff together, saying like you know what themes we wanted to do for future episodes, and the con one came up just because I think at the time, uh, or Chase and I were going to where had had cons already in our future, and we're like, you know what, we can we should do an episode on on comic book conventions because that's a big thing that's going around. And I was trying to think of uh, what my first convention was, and I assumed it was a Dallas convention. And I'll ask you guys here in a moment if you remember what your first conventions were. My very first comic book convention was in Lubbock, Texas. And then it was in, I don't remember if you guys remember, there was, I can't remember if it was, you remember that building on uh, on the loop that's shaped like a pyramid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it was in a ballroom at that building or like the hotel that was next to it. Okay. But And it, this was like at a time when Lubbock had, three comic book stores at one time, which we were just talking about earlier before we recorded that Lubbock just got a new comic book store, which I think brings them up to, well, I guess three, because you I said there's a satellite store. There's, yeah, there's I think a there's franchise. A, I don't know Lubbock. if the satellite store's still there. Oh, really? uh, it, it may be. I don't know. I know they opened uh, uh, talking to the uh, the owners of the, the other comic book store yeah. uh, that they uh, the guys opened up a satellite store, and I think it was mostly game, board games and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, they opened up a satellite store close to them to just I don't know tell the boss because you know <laughs> this store had been there for has been there for close to forty years yeah. and uh, this <laughs> these guys you know they're they're new to the area or, or whatever and you know I guess they were some little muscle flexing or or you know I don't know <laughs> so needless to say Lubbock's only allowed three comic book stores at one time <laughs> yeah even if one is a monopoly <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> or two are part of a monopoly. <laughs> 
on the same street as a two paths make a you hole. Figure you, you know, you've got a fairly major college there. There ought to be enough room for a couple of stores. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some of those drunk frat boys are just like, oh, get me a baby group. <laughs> well, it is the end thing now. Yeah, it is the end thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just read an article that after 40 uh, or 45 years, D&D is finally cool. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever hear that, like, Vin Diesel is a big D&D dude? He's huge. Oh, like, he's a huge D&D fan. dude. Yeah. yeah I've read an article yeah. on that. Earlier this week, about you know how his character in what was that movie, the last the witch hunter, last witch hunter was the was... name of his character that he created. Well, it's uh, also one of the things is uh, in um, the first triple X movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, he's got all the tattoos on him. He's got this one tattoo across his stomach. It's yeah. like it's a, it's some weird name. That was apparently the name of his one of his characters. Oh, really? That was, yeah, that's a crazy thing. To... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but uh, back to our con talk. We'll do a whole Vin Diesel D and D episode sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like my first con was I don't even remember when it was. It was probably like maybe late nineties, uh, and there was just something that we heard. It was like, hey, there's going to be like a comic convention. <laughs> like it was like a new word or something yeah. like that to West Texas, and we went in there. And of course, I mean, there was no guests or anything. There was probably like some local artists or the you know the one or two stores that are in town had tables. I don't even remember if I bought anything. It was just like in a ballroom of just like tables up against the wall and like a C shape. And I don't even remember much about it. I want to say there was maybe people cosplaying as stuff. Uh, it wasn't as big as it is today. So there was no hot chicks <laughs> to be found. It's just, yeah, it's just like no guys. reason for them to be slutty. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like <laughs> I didn't waste any money looking for pics of con chicks like I did. <laughs> like I did at Fan Expo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was like my first con experience in Lubbock where it was just like a big, like... I'm trying to remember. <laughs> did we early con? in Houston, did we? I remember going to one in Houston. And it was it was one of those hotel shows. But it was... And we went only one day. It was probably early 90s. Yeah, it was early 90s. I couldn't tell you the year, though. But... uh the big deal was because they had advertised Todd McFarlane there. Oh, and we we're like, oh, okay, we got Charles Spawn right, number one, yeah. get it signed. And when we got there, he canceled that that day or whatever. So it was just more looking around, just kind of seeing what they had. I mean, I mean, I remember picking up what was it, a couple of issues of Venom Lethal Protector back when it was uh-huh. coming out, you know, uh, and that was it. But yeah, that was. My that was the first con I remember ever going to, and I, I you know, we, in Houston we got really when we moved to Houston in '91 we got really big into the comics and everything like that, um, more so than when we we lived in Loveland. But uh, the uh, I don't remember conventions being very prolific in the Houston area, which is kind of weird, and maybe we just weren't on the right wavelength or whatever with the right crowds or whatever. Because I don't remember. I remember a lot always happening in Dallas. Well, I remember a lot of them being more in some of the northern states, you know, because this was also around the time when Wizard Magazine was still around and uh, Wizard World was first starting and they were doing a lot of those. And that's, I think that's kind of where it kind of was getting the upswing is when the Wizard World stuff was first starting. Yeah. And that's, you, you've seen that gradual progression since then but uh yeah i just remember the big shows were the wizard world stuff and those were again all in some of those northern uh, states right yeah 
Um, it wasn't until we moved to the Dallas area that I actually remember going to shows. We had, uh, before Dallas Fan Days became Dallas Fan Days, they used to do it at the uh, Richardson, it Richardson or Plano Event Center. And uh, that the guys who owned the, the convention then, they would put it on. We'd go there and, and, you know, look around. And I don't remember buying anything specifically, but I remember, you know, uh, uh, these are pretty cool. You know, uh, but it was, you know, you, you got to see some, some people you didn't see very, or you've heard about, you know, the, I think I remember George Perez, uh, you know, things like that. And, and there was kind of a sweet spot there, uh, probably within the last five or six years that those guys started being more popular, started seeing them in more shows. Yeah. Well, then the, the, the TV celebrities were getting more popular and they're wanting to do, they want to do these shows or publicity or whatever. And so you start seeing the TV personalities from these science fiction shows or horror shows or things like that, that are real popular. And they kind of start taking over the crowd and it starts being less about comics and more about these media guests and things like that. And that's, unfortunately that's kind of the sad thing is that a lot of these big, what they call comic cons don't have a whole lot of comics in them anymore. Yeah, they, they really, it's really converted to being a more pop culture shows than anything now. And it really, if I remember correctly, it really just kind of started with, it's it's that stuff converting that way is what put SDCC on the map in a lot of regards because that's where all the big stuff with the celebrities and movies and all that happens. At. Well, SDCC is kind of what propagated it all to come to the even the smaller shows and things like that throughout the countries and things like that because they started oh we'll use SDCC as the biggest con- comic convention you know, in the United States, we'll use that as, hey, we're, you know, we're going to do a Spider-Man movie. Let's announce it there and give a free little trailer or show the trailer and things like that. So SDCC used to be just about comics, but it was the first one to really start doing it because it was right there in California. When Marvel moved their headwaters to California, they started doing more with that there, um, uh, you know, and they started the movie announcements and, and the actor showing up and things like that. And so, yeah, that pulp culture show kind of developed from what SDC had started, but that's not how SDC originally started. It was no, just a straight up. That's not what I was convention. saying. I was saying like you just said, I mean, SDCC has been around for a long time, but it's it evolving into what it became is what has kind of generated into what other shows have uh, become. Because right. like you said, like we said, show conventions are not comic conventions anymore. They're more, again, that pop culture show now. And a, that pop culture show aspect started at SDCC. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like San Diego Comic-Con brought comic book conventions to the forefront where like other cities were starting to get them. But yeah. the effect of it was that none of these conventions have comics. It's, to say they're a comic book convention <laughs> is... It's not a, it's it's a not loose a good interpretation. You know, you'll yeah. have local guys come there. Or if they're a bigger show, you know, you get the bigger shows like Kansas City yeah. or uh, the Salt Lake uh, uh, City Convention, the Emerald City Convention. Uh, there's, uh, oh, there's one in New Orleans. Uh, uh, of course, the big ones in Dallas. They've got a fairly good one in uh, the Houston area, and then San Antonio has a good some good shows. But the, the, they'll have the local guys there for the comics and things like that. But you're also finding in the dealer rooms less and less comics and more uh, T-shirts or here yeah. steampunk hats or yeah. 
you know, uh, <laughs> weapons, you know, yeah. swords and the mystery like that. box. The mystery oh, box mystery has become huge, huge at those huge. places now. Like you can see the mystery box tower. Like as soon as you walk into like any convention, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there it is. Uh huh. Thirty bucks. There you go. You know, and then you've got the toy dealers, which is cool. I, yeah. I know that. There's, there's. You've slowly seen some board game dealers and you know things like that trying to take up. But it's, it's really kind of a, a free for all convention. Anything that is remotely related to any kind of pulp culture, you'll find it on these dealer room floors. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of squeezed some of the smaller comic book dealers out because. They can't afford the booth prices anymore and things yeah. like that. You well, know, even the Mile High guy who mm-hmm. who <laughs> who left uh, San Diego Comic Con because yeah, uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Rosinski, yeah. I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's sad because like Mile High Comics, <laughs> like when you think comics, like well, and from my understanding on that, and I, it's saying, I think he just got mad. Yeah. that pe- you know people were. Spending money at other places other than yeah. his booth. Yeah, you know, from what I understand of the story, that's how the one impression well, that came off on it. That's probably pretty true. Yeah, knowing Chuck, but <laughs> Chuck's also he, he didn't make an untrue point. Yeah, no, is that look, this was supposed to be a comic book show. I'm not traveling a thousand miles and paying these prices for this booth, and nobody's buying comics. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no point in me coming if that's the case yeah. because I'm spending money for no reason. Yeah. You know, I might as well just stay in Denver and let people buy stuff from me online. You know, he said it's yep. there. That's kind of what the comic book industry is going to is yeah. that you know, if if the show's local within your state or with with Texas is kind of within your state <laughs> with any <laughs> other states, you know, you've got a couple of states you can go to and things like that then, you know, it's worth it to drive to that show. But to drive to to California or even to New York or, you know, even up to the Emerald City Con or, or Utah, things like that, you know, it's just not worth it for some dealers to go anymore because the the money and the people that are spending money on comics just isn't there, and, which is sad, you yeah. know, because it's, it's neat to see the, the, the industry evolve and change into what it is, but it's also kind of pushed what these shows were originally about out yeah you know yeah because i think when i went to the corpus christi comic-con south texas which was was their first year if i think about it i don't think i remember any and i know there's comic book stores in that area there's some in victoria corpus i don't know if i if i saw a comic book booth oh, wow. there because and, and there probably were i probably just missed it that con was a cluster because they, they didn't have it like in any convention center with ac they had it in like uh like essentially like where they would probably have rodeos or something like that, even though it wasn't like dirt floors, it was all concrete, but it was just like three giant hangers that like that joined in like a C like, shape, like a flea market thing. Uh, kind of <laughs> like that, but, but it's a new convention center. Cause it's oh, on, okay. it's on a, in a suburb area, uh, right by, I think it's right by the Bay. I mean, it, it looks nice like going up cause it's a whole new shopping area. Uh-huh. Uh, but I mean, it had like no, no AC. It was like those giant, <laughs> like fans that oh, are built wow, into the yeah. things they had like door because uh, when you first go in there it was uh, they had you know these guys that had like tricked out their cars with like airbrush batman and stuff uh-huh. on there uh jurassic park jeeps and stuff uh, and they had the doors open for that and it was so freaking hot in there so i wasn't really paying attention i was just like just get me to the one celebrity that was interesting to me to come see when we get that picture wander around i don't remember if there was any comics there at all but it's all it's crazy how many like like you never see these vendors outside of comic book. Like, like where are their stores at? Where are they? And you go in there and just like vendors like selling like wooden plaques of stuff. 
and like Lego minifigures of just like, oh, so you bought all those minifigures at Walmart. That's why I can't find like a Gene Simmons Lego Batman figure because you have them all. Right. So this is all I'm seeing there. It's just well, like and, and you mentioned that. It's funny. A lot of people who just do these shows, they don't have a storefront. No. They might have an online business, mm-hmm. but mostly they just travel conventions. They kind of like almost like a weekend warrior type of thing. Yeah. Hmm. You know, we, we have a regular job during the, the week and everything like that. But I take off and I go, you know, I'm, I'm a, a big Lego fan, you know, mm-hmm. so. Oh, I can sell these. I buy a whole box. You know, I'm there at Walmart at two o'clock in the morning when they open up the new package of Lego minifigs yeah. that and I'll buy the whole box, you know, and, and then I'll open those up at home and I'll sell the individuals, you yeah. know, and things like that. You know, that's so there's a lot of people that don't have a storefront, they're just weekend warrior type yeah, well, of thing. Cool. And it's funny, you know, talking about you know, I remember back in the beginning of the year working the uh, Marvel Marvelous Nerd Years Eve oh, show. I'm glad you brought that up. Um we can get we'll get into more about that show later. <laughs> but uh, I remember being there, and for as big as it was, there was one comic vendor in the entire yeah. show, and he was like from out of state. Really? Not even yeah. Andy was there. Not even Duncanville. No, no. Oh. and you know why? Because it was on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, they nobody thought anybody would show up for yeah. a convention on New Year's Eve. But didn't that have a name attached to it? Oh, <laughs> it did. <laughs> But I don't think it mattered. <laughs> well, and that that convention, and and I have two point of views on this convention. Shoot. Uh, yeah, I have the uh, the uh, 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 fan point of view, and I have the exhibitor point of view. And I was there at working because, as we have mentioned many times, I worked for Neil Adams at these conventions, and Neil Adams was there. Well, again, the show was on New Year's Eve. Anyone who knows anything about New Year's Eve is, peop- what are most people going to want to be out doing on New Year's Eve? Being with loved ones. I mean, drinking. <laughs> yes. Yes. <No. laughs> Wait. Yes. One no, no one's like the other. <laughs> <laughs> all these people are going to be out partying and doing all that stuff on New Year's Eve. Plus, it started on a Thursday. It, it was a weird schedule. Yeah. It wasn't like. I don't remember how many days it was, but it was like like a I think Thursday too. Yeah, it was it was a two day show, two or three days. Because I, I think New Year's was on Friday. Yeah, that yeah. year. Yeah, oh yeah, because Christmas and, fell on a yeah. It was right. Th- yeah, it was on th- it was Thursday and Thursday Friday. And Friday. So people were working too. Yeah, and everything. But I mean, it was just there was just nobody coming in the doors, and and uh, so the they made no money. Matter of fact, the company that put the show on went out of business because they couldn't uh, they couldn't cover all the costs. A lot of the employees that were that they had hired didn't get paid. A lot of the celebrities didn't get paid. I remember uh, Stan Lee was guaranteed either a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, and he got half of it up front. But when it came time to get paid for the rest of it, it wasn't there. So, I mean, if you had, but yeah, there was just no one coming in through the doors. I mean, it was so bad. And they had a good guest list there. I mean, the, the sheer amount of celebrities and uh, artists and everything was just amazing. But no one was coming and seeing them, so they had nothing to do. So you saw celebrities walking around the convention. <laughs> Yeah. The whole time. I mean, wow. I, I saw Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn and uh, Nicole or Nicole Nichols. No, 
Lady who played who, who played Ahura. Michelle Nichols. Yeah, her. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just you just see all these people walking around because though I did miss Stanley. Yeah. yeah, that that was that was sad because I was actually talking with uh, some people at the booth and I had my back to the main uh, walkway, and apparently Stan Lee had come by, walking by there, <laughs> and I had no idea what was going on until uh, someone came up to me and goes, "Miss Stan Lee, what? Yeah, what do you think all the commotion was about? What commotion? I was too busy talking, uh, trying to get people to come into the booth. Oh, yeah, he was sitting right here, and he walked by. I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> oh, celebrities. <laughs> Wasn't there a story with at that con where, like, the credit card they used to book the rooms for the celebrities didn't work? And it they surprised were, me. And they were locked out of their rooms, like their key their key fobs weren't working. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was that one. There was one in Houston where the entire cast of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. And that was a bad one, and it's something really? similar to that. Like that happened down there, um, and that was that was a real mess because uh, uh, apparently some of the uh, I can't remember for sure if it was the main actor uh, Charlie uh, uh, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, yeah, it was him. Uh, yeah, it was the... got got pretty irate about the whole yeah. thing, you know, because the parent. Yeah, the the hotel rooms hadn't been paid for or something oh, like wow. that. But yeah, it was it was it was a pretty <laughs> bad deal. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I thought I'd have read something like that for the what, 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 was, the, what was the full name of it? Stanley's Stanley's Marvelous New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it, the, the, that could have left a stain on Dallas for. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. Like I said, I mean, from a uh, from the exhibitor point of view, it was horrible. Yeah, there was no money coming in. Yeah. You know, it just. I mean. Sure, some money was made. I mean, I mean, I know people who had come in who'd spent like hundreds of dollars to come mm -hmm. and set up booth, and they wow. went home with like, and all they made was like twenty five bucks Jeez. the whole week, yeah. the whole days. But from the fan perspective, yeah. not having so many people there made easy access to the celebrities yeah. and interacting God, with them. Mean? I mean, so I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed that because they didn't have to stand yeah. in long the lines. Papers. Ticket prices to get in. Yeah. <laughs> see, I avoided that con because, for some in my mind, I thought it was like, man, because the cons in this area are so huge and they're packed. Yeah. I thought for that one, even, you know, with the holiday aspect of it, I still thought that, you know, it was going to be packed. I was like, well, it's a cool idea. Like, a, you know, ring it in the New Year's at a Comic-Con, which it wasn't even open at midnight. Or was that part of the shtick? I, I don't know. It was not open at midnight, so but they had, like... But they had like some parties. They had like, at, yeah, they there had like parties. There was yeah. there was the big Stanley roast thing that you could get invited <laughs> to, which I didn't wasn't invited to and didn't go to. So, yeah. but I mean, that was like that, that was the thing they built this whole thing around Stanley, and that was yeah. another one problem because they had a really good guest list, but they didn't put enough emphasis on any of the other guests. It was all Stanley, Stanley, Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, Stanley has been in Dallas so much yeah. in the recent years that it's like, oh, Stanley's coming to Dale Town. Big deal. I've seen him before. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I mean, it, it's it's always cool to be able to have somebody like that here, you know. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, we have seen him a lot over the last five or six years. Yeah. Well, um, and you know, that's not bad. But you know, there's other people that we've hardly seen. Yeah. You know. The the whole guest thing is is a is kind of a love hate thing with me. I love seeing the comic book guests, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like we 
get enough variety in comic book guests. Mm-hmm. Now, celebrity guests, I think we get a lot of, or celebrity media guests. Yeah. I think we get a lot of variety in media mm-hmm. guests. And I'm very pleased with that. And I've met several that I've wanted to meet. There's been a few I've missed. But, you know, it's that's always been good. But as far as the comic guests, you know, we kind of have seen the same ones all the time. It's not often that we see somebody different. And I don't know if they don't just try to go outside their their wheelhouse as far as their list of celebrities goes or things like that. I'm not sure why that is. I think, and again, having worked a lot of the shows and seen a lot of things, I think as far as comic guests go, there is a variety, but it's people who are not that big of names. Now you'll get like the big names, like the, again, you'll, they'll get Stanley, they'll get Neil Adams. They'll get, you'll see them a lot of times. But as far as like some of the other bigger names, you don't see a lot of those. You don't see them rotate out a lot. You might get Todd McFarlane or Frank Miller or J. Scott Campbell or Jim Lee every so often, but you don't get them all the time. But as far as, but you'll get a lot of like some of these artists who have either, who haven't had that big of a name, or you'll get a lot of local artists too. So, I mean, but again, you'll, you do get a wide variety of artists, but they don't get the publicity as some of these other ones that you get all the time. Yeah. And I think, I still think like in terms of like comics, being a comic book convention that a lot of times like artists and writers, there's a smaller audience for them because there's hardcore comic fans that are coming to see them versus like someone from The Walking Dead where their audience reaches more people, including comic book guys are just like, oh yeah, I want to go see. Glenn from The Walking Dead versus there's like, hey, we got Jason Fabok coming in. Right. And it's like, well, his line's not going to be super long, even though I would be in that line. Oh, well, yeah. It's, you know, a lot of these artists, they just don't get that publicity. I yeah. remember, you know, working the Alamo City show back in May, and I'm just, you know, kind of get a free moment. I'm walking around. And as you mentioned earlier, Joe Madeira, mm-hmm. he was there. And I was like, Joe Madeira's here? I didn't know he was going to be here. <laughs> and he was like in way in the back yeah. with like, with you know, in the artist alley around, yeah. almost, but he didn't. He didn't get the booth that Rob Liefeld got. <laughs> but you know, it's just like you. He he's he he may not be as big of a name, but he. There are people who you know, big fan, you know, fans of you know the comics during the nineties, his X Men run, everything, or Battle Chaser, who know who he is. You know, you would yeah. think you would advertise him a little bit more than you did. Well, yeah. and I, I think that's one of the problems with the shows is that they're so focused on advertising their media guests because yeah. that's what people see and things and that's what they're but you have a lot of people who were into comics during the nineties and everything and know all these and the celebrities for comics were the artists and the writers and even the inkers and, and colorists at some points, you yeah. know, it just depends on, whatever. but a lot of the, the, the writers and the, the uh, artists. And now in comic books, your casual comic book people don't really know. They're just reading the stories. And while I think we're in a renaissance of comic book stories, I think there's very few people who know who's writing those stories or know who's drawing them uh, as far as casual. Now, there's the people who, like I said, like us, who've been reading comics since the early 90s and even before that, who have recognized these artists and and these writers and seen them there. And those are the people that we're looking for. But because they don't announce them, they don't get the publicity. I, one of the the last shows I didn't go to, and I could have. One of my favorite artists was there, and I had no idea who was there until after the show was over. Oh, really? 
Yeah. And now part of it's my fault because I didn't look at the guest list on online and yeah. everything like that. But he wasn't announced. Yeah. Or, you know, he wasn't made. The announcements weren't made big enough that I was going to see them just by glancing. Yeah. I was going to really have to look at the guest list yeah. to do that. And, okay, I understand they're they're going to announce the people who's going to draw the most money into them. Yeah. And I get that. But it's usually a Power Ranger. Well, yeah. there's always like three or four Power Rangers at any <laughs> convention. But, you know, and see the funny there's some of like they bring in like these professional cosplayers and they get oh higher ba- higher billing yeah. than some of these artists. Yeah. And it's it, crazy. Everything. And the lines for them is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I'm just wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, more power to them, you know, yeah, I, I mean, just they the, they against, the code. You know, definitely. The, the you know, cosplaying, it's just, it amazes just me. You can't believe that they have that big of a fan base. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm all for cosplay, man. That's cool. You were portraying one of my favorite characters. I don't, I was like, care <laughs> that much who you are. I love your costume and the ability it took to make it and cool. I'm glad you did that because that was awesome to see that in, in real life. Yeah. Beyond that, I man, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just like, name three things about this character. <laughs> yeah, that's kind right. of, You want to kind of quiz them, do you know anything about this character? Or did you just see a pretty picture? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, why man. are you grilling me? You paid $40 to take a picture with me. I like, I know. <laughs> Which I did at Fan Expo. Like, there's that one girl, what's her name, Jessica Negri, uh, that she's like really popular for like Pokemon stuff. And her line was insane. Like when I got there on a Friday to pick up my uh, tickets, and I was wandering around the floor, and like her line was crazy. It was just like all the way around. Like it was like blocking trap, and the traffic in the area is already busy as it is on the con floor. And I was like, what the heck? And I think like I'd seen her because sci-fi used to have that show. Like was it Heroes of Cosplay or whatever? Yes. That reality show. So I recognized some of the cosplay girls there. And I was like, oh, here's a, and it was like another line for another popular one. But like nobody was in it. So I was just like, I'll go to her because she was dressed as the 66 Batgirl. Right. Uh, her name was a uh, riddle, Ricky Riddle. And I got my picture with her, and it's I posted that on our Facebook and Twitter page. And she was actually really nice. She was really short. She was like really tiny. Uh, and she's she did a for like whatever convention was this weekend, wherever somewhere out here in the United States. She did a uh, Venom Spider Girl. Oh, and, it, and it's that weird spandex where it has like the airbrushing on it that they're yeah, starting to do now. Yeah, those like, are those are cool costumes, but yeah, yeah it's just like whoa. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I hope you bring that to Fanex. <laughs> but yeah, the cosplay thing is it's a crazy money market. Yeah, thing. But like I said, they they cracked the code on. Yeah, they did making yeah. money on that. I didn't want to say like uh, at the uh, Alamo City Comic Con that I went to last October, like a year ago, almost a year ago. Uh, you had given me books to get the crap's name. Uh, or uh, yeah, Greg Capullo. Capullo, yeah. To get him to sign, and that I don't know because you went to the, you probably went to the more recent Alamo City yes. something. When I went to it, and this is like their what third or fourth year, or this next one will probably be like what their fifth, their fifth year or something like that. Uh, when I went, I mean, it was they'd already had like at least three shows, and it was such a cluster. Like I hadn't been in one that was this. First, it was crazy packed in San Antonio. And we had a, a hotel room close to the convention store, so we just walked there. And it's yep. just crazy. To, I, I got up that morning, like early that morning, because I had to meet uh, Andy from Duncanville Bookstore because he was going to give me a, a pass, a vendor pass. So I walked out there early in the morning because he said he was he's going to be there at 6 or 5 or whatever. And I got the pass, started walking back up the street to go to the hotel room. And there was just a sea of nerds, <laughs> of just like cosplay people. And I think there was some other thing going on. But there was just like a sea of just like cosplay people just like walking towards the convention as I'm trying to fight my way upstream at the Riverwalk to get back to my hotel, to, to get back to Capullo. 
uh, I found that their artist alley and vendor thing was so mixed up. Like Greg Capullo was literally across from Duncanville Bookstore. Oh, yeah, because I, I was looking for Duncanville Bookstore just to you know say hi to Andy and like, right. look through the back issues. And of course, Duncanville Bookstore is usually like the biggest comic booth at any convention I've ever gone to, even San Antonio. And I found it. And I was like, hey, Andy, hey, other guy who I always see, but I don't know your name. <laughs> and I was like, I bought a couple of Batman comics and turned around. I was like, oh, there's Greg Capullo's table is right there. And I saw the line. It was like, Ooh, and it went all the way around the corner uh, close to like where the celebrity area started and other random like styrofoam sword booths. And I was like, oh, cool. Let me get in Greg's line. And I get all the way in this giant L-shaped line. And, you know, we're like, oh, is this Greg's line? Is this Greg's line? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, a, a guy that's uh, helping him with his booth comes up, gets in front of me. He's like, line ends here, like right in front of me. And I was just like, what? The line ends in front of me? Like I can't go. <laughs> so I wasn't able to get your thing. But I was just, it was so crazy. Like he was literally across from a vendor table. And I was yeah. just like, what the crap? Because you know his line is going to be huge compared to like, because he's a big right. name artist versus like some of the other artists they had. Why have him in the middle <laughs> of a con floor? Well, and that's why I think a lot of these these people who put on the cons. Yeah. I'll say a lot of them. I, I think there's a good amount of them that have no idea what's hot in comics and what's yeah. what's you know what what the big things is. Who are the names that people are looking for? Yeah, and things like that. So, well, I don't know. I mean, you've got to have your your thumb on the pulse to some degree if you're going to bring these. If you're going to try and get these people into yeah. the booth, sure. I the I think the though that it's it's more placement wise because yeah. I've been in several of these shows where the location where they put them is not the best location oh, yeah. and they need to be somewhere else to, to accommodate the lines. Cause you're going to have so many people walking through and everything mm -hmm. and you'll get these lines that are just, they're blocking, <laughs> they're blocking uh, other booths, they're yeah. blocking, you know, concessions, they're blocking bathrooms, God blocking bathrooms. <laughs> but I mean, it's just it's just that placement thing. They don't really think, oh well, oh he'll be fine there, or yeah. he'll be fine there. And when they're not, yeah. you know, even if they just have one table, and the, the table's not taking up much space, yeah. you got they're not taking into account the well, how many people are going to be coming yeah. here? How many people are going to be looking for him? How many? You know, yeah. there's one thing at Fan Expo. Uh, this past earlier this year, I guess it was about March, I believe. Uh, they had uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, their table was at the exit from the main room, and uh, to get there, uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, well, because you're not going in through the entrance, so you have to, like you have to go as if you're leaving the convention to to get to their table. And but then it was also next to the entrance to the uh, celebrity area, so there's already a long line that started for the celebrity area. If you're trying to go to uh, Scott and Greg, you have to maneuver your way through them. Tell them, tell these celebrity fans that you're not trying to cut in line. I'm just trying to cut across over mm -hmm. here to get to this one. Oh, man, that was so. And, of course, when I got there, they were just like, they're not here yet. I was like, oh, my God. Come on, Scott and Greg. Uh, it was like the uh, year. Oh, it's been probably a couple of years ago now. Yeah. I was working at the Urban Convention Center for Neil. And uh, Neil was a last-minute uh guess yeah. to the because he one convention he was supposed to work at uh, you know things fell through so yeah. he called say hey do y'all have an opening here for me sure and they're like yeah well the only place they could put him was in wasn't in the dealer room 
but it was in the back, far back corner of the convention <laughs> center, right there, you know, by the glass doors, but no one was coming in. Like, yeah. the entrance was on the other side of the building. Yeah. Um, so it was like, ideally, it's like, well, this is a really bad place. It sucks, yeah. you know, where we're going to be at. But it got to the point, but it was it was a wide area for him to have all of his tables, enough room to move around and stuff. But it was also by by the escalators. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> all the you know, the media guests were upstairs. Yeah. And so you had those lines forming at the escalators, but you also yeah. had like the ticket booth right beside us. So people yeah. were coming in buying tickets. So <laughs> when we had like a long line of people coming in our booth trying yeah. to get upstairs, these people would either they would to get away from the line oh or whatever, they would come into the booth to look around or people would be in line looking at stuff. Yeah. So it ended up being a good spot for us to yeah. have at that time, you know? Well I've got a I think I've got an even worse setup uh for a convention back at the Corpus Christi Con. Because like I said, I mean it was in like uh, a new area for them, but I mean it's set up as like these three giant uh barns. Uh, so they don't really have like you know other side rooms where you can put panels, you know, celebrity panels, comic panels, stuff like right. that. Like everything is just there on the floor, and uh, it looks like where they had like where the panels were going to take place were in the the middle barn, the barn that connected the two outside barns. And and of course when we walk in, I mean it's just it's crowded, uh, but they're so they didn't have any rooms for uh, any panels or anything. So in the middle of the main barn. They had uh, roped off a big section of it, put a bunch of folding chairs out there, and put a stage that looked like, you know, where you do, like, cattle auctions. And, and that's where they had the panels, like, in the middle of the main floor. So you're having to listen to, like, whatever Power Ranger they had there doing their panel in front of, like, all this commotion that's going around. Nothing's blocking the voice. I mean, they have, like, speakers and a big screen uh, thing where they're showing, like, trailers to Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> uh, and then... Um, yeah, so that was crazy. I was just like, what a horrible setup. I mean, I know it's y'all's first year, but Jesus, do a little uh, research on this. I'm like, how to, how to set something up for this. And uh, Well, I, you know, some of those setups and things, I, I don't know if the people just don't think or if they yeah. they do think about it and it just it doesn't matter what they do. It just ends up not working because yeah. I've, I've never seen a convention that just worked. The setup just worked 100%. Oh, yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I just don't think there's any easy answer for it. There's know? not. I got one that kind of worked, but that's mostly because it wasn't a very popular convention. Was <laughs> I went to uh, the Famous Monsters of Filmland. Oh, which is I wanted to go to that. Oh, you got to go next year. And we, we got to do the thing where, you know, we get because it's in the hotel. Like, it's right. in the ballroom of the hotel. And I would, I don't know, because I originally was going to go for two days and it's not, it's not, it's not worth two days. Two unless days. there's a guest there that you want to see that's going to be there a particular day. Right. Uh, but it wasn't packed at all i think there actually was one comic vendor there but i mean it's not billed as a comic book show right it's just the famous monsters magazine so it's mostly a lot of it's horror related most of it's just vendors of like swords and right. wooden things uh but like seriously like, i mean it, it was a cool convention it wasn't crowded at all like I, you know you can walk down the aisles with your arms out and not hit, any, hit anybody but it was still a pretty popular convention i mean for the small area that they had it in right and it was still in a two-story area but I mean, I had a lot of fun at, at that one. I mean, it was worth a one-day uh, excursion to go do this, right? And you know, I got I met I met Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster, and uh, and that was one of the cool things I wanted to because my stepdad loved. He didn't like you know uh, the Munsters, but he liked. He's a drag racer. Okay. Uh, he, uh, you know, when he was younger, he was a semi-professional drag racer, 
and he was the fan of Grandpa Munster's Dragula right. drag racer, and it was going to be there, or at least a, proxima, a, a facsimile of it. And because uh, Butch Patrick actually hosts a drag race with the Munsters cars, oh cool, a, like a celebrity drag race uh, slash Munsters show. And I walked in there specifically looking for that because I wanted to get a, a, a picture of the of the car for my stepdad. And I walked in there and I saw like a little guy. He was like polishing the car, and I was like, "Oh, cool, the guy, guys!" And I was like, "Oh my god, that's Butch Patrick! They got the poor guy. He's, <laughs> he's like polishing the car. He's polishing the cars himself." <laughs> yeah, but he was like super friendly, and I, you know, I got some pictures with him. He gave me his business card for like if we ever needed him for like I should like, invite him to the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> the next time he's in town. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a really cool convention. I think it was, I mean, cause it wasn't crowded, but I think it did have a good setup because they had separate rooms for, uh, I mean, it's in a hotel ballroom. Right. So, you know, celebrities are in their own room and it's a big wide open room. So they're all up against the wall. So you have all this walking space in the middle and then they had a separate room for the photo ops the panels are on the second floor. The main floor was pretty much all, uh, of the vendors for spe- you know specific type of vending then when you go into another room it's more like memorabilia like old monster memorabilia from like uh, universal and stuff so that was a pretty cool setup but they probably had a better idea of who they were going to get like as far as like who's going to come to this con right. you know fan wise I, I think i like these smaller conventions mm-hmm. you know that's why i was interested in that one texas frightmare has gotten pretty big yeah. um, you know so i'd still like to go check that one out and yeah. everything and just, just to kind of see what are at these ones that are different. Because all I've ever been to are comic book ones or uh, toy shows. Yeah. You know? And I enjoy the toy shows quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They're fun. You get to see a lot of old stuff. They're usually smaller. And it's it's usually all they're doing. You know, you're not going to have any guests. You know, you know, Megatron's not showing up. You know, <laughs> things like that. But, you know, you get to see a lot of old toys that... Uh, uh, that you grew up with, yeah. uh, you know, things like that. And, you know, maybe even be able to purchase them or see stuff you just, you've never seen, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there's, a, there's a lot to be said for the conventions in general and, and just all the different types of conventions there are now, which I think some of these things have always been around. They've just become more prominent and more pushed to the forefront of, yeah. uh, popular culture because that is what popular culture is now yeah it's 90s nostalgia it's 80s nostalgia it's toys it's comic books it's superheroes yeah. it's science fiction stuff it's fantasy related stuff we're we're just seeing more and more of that stuff being pushed to the forefront yeah you guys looking forward to any any cons or is there anything cool the really? only one i know that's coming up is the horror one in san antonio yeah. the there's, there's two that weekend isn't there there's the Elmo city horror one and then the rockula the rock and roll horror yeah. one. I hadn't like, heard about that one. I think it's the same weekend also because it's that close to Halloween. It's like the last uh-huh. weekend before Where, Halloween. Is it there in San Antonio? Yeah, too? it is in San Antonio. Holy it's a brand cow. new one. And, it's, it, it's, and that one's mostly like uh, more horror movie guests, but like obscure ones. I think like the remaining members of the Ramones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like rock, you know, like rock guy. I mean, because it's Rockula. And right. I like their logo. You should look it up. It's like Dracula. Oh, it's a cartoon that. Dracula. He's like holding his cape like this, but then like giving the, the metal signs. Nice. Wasn't there a movie called Rockula? Probably. I feel like that sounds like something that would exist. Yeah, right? I know Blackula. Did Blackula meet Rockula? Who <laughs> yeah, knows? <laughs> but uh, I know there's a, there's a convention coming up. I think there's one in Houston next in September. Yeah. There, uh, um, I don't know specifics uh, about it. Uh, we should do some. research at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did, but, it, but mostly because I, I usually travel in the South Texas area. You know, <laughs> right. So, so that, that one came on my radar. 
Uh, no, that's cool because that, yeah. that yeah, that'll be neat. To see, we'll yeah, have to check that and out. I think it's the same weekend, so yeah. I don't know if I would go to. I don't know. I may check out Rockula because that seems like it might be a smaller one in, in like in the in the vein of Famous Monsters, right? Yeah. Versus Alamo City, which I'm afraid is going to be. Another well, role. it's it's I, he's <laughs> definitely going more the horror theme, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Which is uh, why uh, uh, Dunkville Bookstore won't be there. There, yeah. you know, because he thought they were going to do more of a comic. Yeah. Just during Halloween show, but he's he's gone more the horror theme, which is fine. I, yeah. you know. Well, all the guests that I've seen have been either horror actor actors in horror movies or associated with doing something in the horror genre. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I wonder if any of the uh, people who are working on the uh, the new Puppet Master here in Dallas are uh, going to be at that uh, one. I want to see. I thought I saw something we pulled up. Uh... Oh, great. I guess I didn't smell rockula, right? <laughs> it's pulled up some kind of vegetable. <laughs> That's a arugula. <laughs> I was like, I can't spell. I went to school in West Texas. But yeah, but that looks what I swear. I think it's uh, that same weekend. And they they actually had a booth at the Corpus Christi Con. Uh, oh, what do you know? They're, the first thing that pulls up is a movie called Rockula. I think nice. I've seen this Dean movie. Cameron is a sexually frustrated vampire who suffers yes. from a capul- uh, peculiar curse. He's condemned for eternity to watch his one true love, Mona, be murdered by a ham bone. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I've seen this. It's really great. The, they have one of the best. It, it's so cartoony. But a bat, when he transforms into a bat, yeah, it's so cartoony looking. And it's just hilarious. It's I, I have seen this before. Oh, I and watch it is. It. It is pretty fantastic. Out of those '80s vampire films, you know, uh, it's got the "Hey Mickey, you're so fine." Tony Basil. Yeah, (laughs) there was one on uh, Hulu that watches the one with Jim Carrey, the uh, Once Bitten. Oh, Once Bitten. Yeah, I like that movie. (laughs) That one's really good. Um, And then, of course, of course, this one's more '90s, but I I, I love it so much. The Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. It's so good. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, Rockula, October twenty seventh through the 29th at the Wyndham San Antonio Riverwalk. Okay. Yeah, there's All their right. there's their logo. Nice. I'm gonna have to check that one out. I think it's the same. I mean, I would be willing to go to right. that. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see what we can do. Yeah, I'm willing. I'm ready to put in some more time to be off. As Where's far you? as cons, though, yeah. I mean, unless it's working them. Just... Yeah, do you do you enjoy cons? Well, and that and that's the thing, uh, because I went to a few cons before I started working them, and I I'd go one day, I'd look around, be done, forty five minutes to an hour, yeah. I'm ready to go, because it yeah. was one of those things is I had no desire. One, I didn't really have the money to yeah. afford to do all the They're stuff. Definitely I more looked. fun if you have money to buy stuff. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that goes but, by really fast. As I was saying. Um, as far, you know, meeting the celebrities, I did. I had no desire to stand in line for hours on end just to yeah. say for like a two minute conversation, if yeah. that. And and now you have to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's not not as simple as just walking in line. If you yeah. want anything signed or to talk to yeah. anything, you got to pay for it. Yeah. yeah, and then again, you know, as far as buying stuff, you not have my or if I sat on something I liked, it's like oh, I can get it. I could probably get it cheaper somewhere else or I have other connections I can yeah. get it. So it was never a big deal for me. So it was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> but definitely working them is, uh, I, it's a more enjoyable because I still get that con experience yeah. while seeing it. <laughs> well, yeah, getting paid is always great, but seeing that different side of it because I've had more access 
to meeting people and everything than I would if I was just going around trying to, you know, stand in line or whatever, doing yeah. all this stuff. And That's I'm true. absolutely the opposite. But my <laughs> couple of times of working a con were just miserable experiences yeah. for me. Um, and for various reasons, you know, being stuck behind the booth and things like that. And, and, and in some cases I was behind the booth by myself, yeah. you know, cause oh we gosh. had so many booths and things like that. Yeah. So it was really unenjoyable well, for me. And it's like with any kind of work or whatever, it, it, it does make a difference depending on who or what you're, who you're working with yeah. too. And I, I can't say enough nice things about, you know, working for Neil Adams and the people and their crew that yeah. we work with. I mean, it's, you know, there, we, you know, we always talk about being a con family and it, yeah. it really is a very family environment. Yeah. You know, well, um, that was like when you, cause you've worked for Neil in other cities, you did San Antonio with them. Do they set you up also like with like room and board and stuff? Well, for uh, or anything? luckily, you know, I've, I've only ever worked with Neil, Outside of Dallas and San Antonio, just that one time. Okay. Yeah, so but luckily one of the people who I work with, mm -hmm. uh, normally with Neil, she lives in San Antonio. Oh, she yeah. offered, hey, oh that's cool. I got a room for you. You can stay here and everything. So as far as you know, going further out, I yeah. don't know. Maybe yeah. they would set up the room. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, personally, I would like to get it out as cheaply as possible. Yeah, if I could, true, yeah. you know. Because I don't want to, you know, blow all my money that I make working the cons, <laughs> you know, having a place to stay or trying to get home, you yeah, know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just I I know there are some uh, uh, artists and you know people they'll, they'll get these guests or they'll get people to help them and they'll offer to pay them yeah. to stay in a hotel room or something like that. We can talk this subject to death. You know, I mean, in, in a lot of respects, we have limited experience in, in what it takes behind the scenes of the cons yeah, and things absolutely. like that. So, you know, it'd be neat to talk to somebody who has a hand in that. Yeah, um, and I only ever get a glimpse of it. I mean, I've interacted with several of the, you know, people who actually work the cons. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, one thing I do know, at least around here in Texas, you do see kind of like a regular group of volunteers going yeah. from the different mm -hmm. shows. But I mean, but even then, you know, there's still a lot that goes on behind the scenes that's just kind of ridiculous, you know. I mean, yeah, it's just there's, I mean, stuff I couldn't even tell you about. <laughs> but I mean, it's, but I mean, it's just a lot of times it's a lot of it has a little bit of political bit yeah. to it, you know, a lot of stubbornness and everything. I, you know, matter of fact, I remember, you know, with in May there was the. Uh, Oh, there was a, it, at the same time that Alamo City was going on back in May, yeah. there was another convention going on somewhere else. And there was a big deal that someone had threatened a Power Ranger. I think it, oh, it was Jason it, David Frank. Frank. Yeah, yeah, they had threatened that they were going to come in and kill him or something yeah. like that. Anyway, so they had banned, you know, he was going to come in with, you know, guns and everything yeah. and shoot up. Because of that, they at Alamo City they banned anyone bringing in props yeah. and also bringing in backpacks. Yeah, and at that for those <laughs> three staples of comic books. Yeah, for those three days it was like just uh, it, it was just dealing with all that and how they were handling yeah. it was ridiculous. Like one day they made all the vendors walk all the way back around to the back and enter the loading docks. Yeah. Well, what no one told us. Mm -hmm was that 
It was about a mile walk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you got people hauling stuff <laughs> oh my gosh. all the way around just to get back in there. Yeah. And they had like an in, a closer entrance that we could have went in it and they didn't have it open. Yeah. We had to go even further. <laughs> and then and then there was like, well, vendors can't bring backpacks in. Well, oh, vendors can bring backpacks. Oh, you know, and it was just like it's just such a back and forth thing, yeah. and it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and, and what I've noticed in, in some of those conventions and things like that, there's just a big lack of communication. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and the chain of command is unsure. No, mm-hmm. as far as okay, I've heard it from this person. Well, I heard it from this person. So there's not a central voice that, at least the few times I noticed, there's not a central voice letting everybody know what happens, yeah. and it's almost like a game of telephone. The directions change from person to person, you yeah. know. Well, and yeah, and a lot of times the guys who, the guy, the people who are putting on the show, the owners or whatever, they delegate all that to other people. They're right. just like, um, this is my show, but y'all take care of everything, you know. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but when there's something, a situation like that, there has to be a clear, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. This is what you need to tell everybody we're yeah, going to absolutely. do. Absolutely. So I always yeah. think it's just like they have it in their mind planned out. And then once the day gets there, then it's just like, this isn't what we expected. And that's the thing. There's no way to plan these conventions because yeah. you never know what's going to be. Because you've got so many people there. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, I mean, I don't know how many times celebrities have been like, yeah, we'll be here. And they're like, no, we're not going to be there. Yeah. Or, oh, you're not going to pay me. Okay. I'm not going to show yeah. up. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's always just kind of, it's well, always up in the air. Yeah, and the it's celebrity game adventure. is always something else. Because they can, yeah. oh, I, I'm shooting this new movie now. I got to go yeah. do this. You know, I can't make it to your yeah. show. That's you always know? the case where it's just like, oh, so-and-so, their time has been changed. I was like, I planned my whole day yeah. around. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, people have, you know, oh, I want to see this particular celebrity. So I'll go, buy tickets. Oh, they're not going to be there. Yeah. So they, they and sometimes they just come to them and offer refunds. Sometimes yeah. they will, sometimes they won't. Yeah. Yes, it just depends. Or uh, you'll have, uh, or and even for the convention's point of view, they lose a guest at the last minute, so they have to scramble to find somebody to <laughs> fill that spot, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, you one come? of the things that a lot of conventions are doing now, I think yeah. we talked a little bit about this with the deal, is uh, the convention exclusives, you know? Oh, yeah, things, yeah. Uh, things that are only for that convention and they have a little sticker on them or something like that. You know, pops has been a big thing, you know, comic covers, comic covers, you know, one of the big things about SDCC San Diego comic con is that not only do they have the comics there, the media guests, but they have a lot of the toy companies and game companies show up there and they'll do exclusives just for this convention. Uh, And that's, that's a, Big market yeah. right there because those things, some of those exclusives can go for crazy money. Yeah. You know, some of them are god awful ugly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just what were y'all thinking when you decided to make this? And then other of them are like grail pieces for collectors to, yeah. to, to get and yeah. uh, complete. And uh, something that uh, Hasbro has always done convention or has always, or at least for the last. 10 years that I can think of have always done some kind of San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least one. At a lot least of times one. they'll do nope. two or three, depending on whatever their property is. Right. So this year they had some pretty interesting ones. They did, uh, because Hasbro uh, owns uh, Magic the Gathering, yeah. the card game, they actually did a, uh, a card and I'm gonna, uh, what was it? It was, oh, 
it was uh, Grimlock, the mm-hmm. Transformer Grimlock. Oh, yeah. He got his own magic card. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was a it was this SDCC exclusive. Yeah. It's a foil card. It's kind of neat looking and everything, but yeah. it's Grimlock from Transformers. So they, they kind of mesh their properties together a little <laughs> bit. They even came out with some uh, My Little Pony D&D dice sets. Oh, really? Um, yeah. But the really neat one, uh, and I'll let, I'll let Chase tell you because he was able to get a hold of one. We can uh, transition into that because cool. it's pretty cool. It's the Action Man team on patrol looking for the intruder, strongman from another world. Action Man spots him with his eagle eyes. Too late. The intruder's got Tom Stone in a vicious bear hug. Atomic Man lets him have it with an atomic right. The intruder is stunned, but not for long, and the chase is on. Action Man checks out underwater in the Sea Wolf, the action team submarine that actually dives and surfaces. No luck. He takes to the skies with his turbocopter and spots the intruder's hideout from above. This is a job for Bullet Man, the human bullet. That'll flush him out. And here comes Action Man in the capture copter. Mission accomplished. Action Man. And we're back. Take it away, Chase, on your awesome con exclusive that I'm jealous of. Yeah. Well, as we were just saying a little bit, uh, San Diego Comic Con always does uh, convention sets, uh, toy sets from various different toy companies. And... Hasbro always brings something to the table. Um, this year, one of the sets they brought it was the uh, Revolutions set. Uh, if you don't know what Revolutions is from Hasbro, basically uh, the comic company IDW did, has uh, created a Hasbro-verse in the comics where they've taken various uh, Hasbro properties like G.I. Joe, Transformers, Micronauts, ROM, Mask, I mean, and all these, and all these properties, and they integrate them into one cohesive universe, one shared universe. So Hasbro released a convention set that has some of these figures in it. And that's what we have here. One of the figures they have here is a, uh, is a Jetfire figure from Transformers that, uh, from what I understand, is a re-release of a previous Jetfire figure. But, the coloring is different. It's actually truer to the original concept of Jetfire. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it, what's actually really cool about this one is, uh, of course, he transforms in the jet and everything. But anyone who knows anything about Jetfire knows that the original Jetfire figure was a uh, was a Robotech figure from Japan that they brought over to the States and packaged as a Transformer. <laughs> well, the Jetfire comes with a mask to replicate the Robotech look from the original figure. But you can take the mask off and he'll have the look he had from the original Transformers cartoon on there. Another figure they've released was the uh, Matt Tracker for Mask. Uh, what's different from this one is anyone, uh, Hasbro released a Matt Tracker figure several years ago in the, their 25th anniversary G.I. Joe line, which was looks just like the classic Matt Tracker figure, just bigger in, in scale with G.I. Joe's. This one is different because in the comics they have re uh, retcon- or rebooted Matt Tracker as an African American, and that's a oh, version cool. of the figure we get here. And he comes with his helm, classic helmet, and the parts they used is kind of an updated design of his current look or of, of the classic look, but more modernized. Again, and, th- and these figures are standard GI Joe scale figures, with the exception of. Jetfire, who is a Transformer figure, 
and also an exception of the not a nine piece micronauts set <laughs> and in the micronaut set you get and i'm and i don't know any of these characters but you've got baron karza and a Croyer, who are the most popular and some of the other heroes and villains but they're all oh is that about a two inch figure mm, yeah about two inches you know they're not articulated or anything. They're 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 basically the same. They're miniatures. Yeah, they're two inch miniatures. Yeah, but I mean it's just kind of cool because they found a way to incorporate a lot of those figures in here. Another figure that uh, they released is uh, from the GI Joe line is uh, they released a roadblock figure. Uh, the thing about the roadblock figure is interesting is it's done in the style of the GI Joe Renegades from the GI Joe Renegades cartoon. And the roadblock was the only figure that they didn't release during that toy line they did. So this was a good way for everyone to get that final figure to complete that the Renegades team. One other figure they have here is the uh, updated version of Action Man. Uh, anyone who doesn't know who Action Man is, he is the um, the British equivalent of GI Joe, <laughs> and uh, is just as popular as everything. And, and, and Action Man has been incorporated into the Hasbro stuff many times over the years. He's been imported, the character and has had a few cartoon shows and has had a toy line from Hasbro here in the States. As a matter of fact, Action Man was a precursor to the Action Force line in the 80s over in uh, the UK, uh, which was essentially their version of G.I. Joe at the time. So uh, IDW had released a Action Man comic book and rebooted the character so you get that version of action man here with the figures and he's pretty cool he comes with the the his current costume and a couple of guns we also have of all things visionary a visionary figure of leoric um i'm not very familiar with visionaries it's one of the few properties that i didn't follow much back then uh, what I remember of the Visionaries choices, they had uh, the holographic chest plates, and they mm -hmm. were futuristic knights and everything. And, and you get that here. I mean, you get a figure with, it's not really holographic, but it's got a nice sticker decal that, in the delight, it kind of changes colors a little bit. And, uh, again, just a really cool figure. And I'm sure we'll have pictures up soon yeah. for you to check all these out. Probably the biggest surprise for me out of this, and this is the final two figures in this set, are the Dire Wrath and Rom from Rom Space Knight. There was a Rom, you know, Rom was a Hasbro property to, uh, from the late or early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. That for a brief time, had a long running comic through at Marvel. Well, has uh, IDW was able to get the licensing and uh, re redo uh, the ha uh, the ROM comic or to do a new ROM comic through uh, IDW that was incorporated into this uh, Revolutions universe. So we get a nice little um, ROM figure and uh, a Dire Wrath, which is the alien villains in the ROM comic, which has actually played a part into the Revolution stuff. ROM's pretty cool. Uh, Considering a lot of these were used, uh, there's not a whole lot of new parts on these. Uh, a lot of it is reused Joe parts, so you know you work with what you got. Uh, the Dyrath's pretty cool because he uses a lot of the, uh, or he uses the arms from the uh, zombie uh, the, the zombie figure they did a few years ago. 
with a on a basic uh, Joe body. For me, from a personal standpoint, as far as the set goes, it's one of two things. This is probably stuff we would never, we'll probably never ever get from Hasbro. But at the same time, it's a if the set has done does well or is proved popular, it opens the door for new figures from these different lines. So uh, yeah. I, to me, this is this was one of those uh, Comic Con sets that I knew personally I just had to have. So. And there's been a lot that I've wanted, but I just felt like I had to have this one because of the uniqueness of the set. Um, what do you guys, any comments or thoughts about any of this stuff? And so there's a note on the the, the concepts. The last several years, uh, they've done a G.I. Joe and Transformers crossover set, but it's always been G.I. Joe vehicles that are painted up to look like Transformer characters oh, yeah. in their vehicle form. <laughs> They don't transform. So this is the first set that had an actual transformer in it. Yeah. Now, he's not to scale to the Joes or like he should be or anything. And that's fine. That's hard to expect for them because that thing would be like probably four foot tall. <laughs> um, you know, so and, that, and that's fine. But it, to get an actual transformer in the set is really cool to see some of these characters interacting. And, yeah, like, like Chase said, that there's a lot of reused parts. But that's the case with anything uh, any of the Joe scale stuff and stuff like that, they from Hasbro, they like to reuse parts and things like that because new tooling costs so much, and these these yeah. figures would be super expensive if they created new parts for every figure. And, and there are new parts that don't. Yeah, there are a lot of new parts yeah. on these figures, and there are new parts that are going to only be used for these figures. So I mean, to me, it's definitely well worth the the costs of you know. For the production on this line or on this set, how'd you get your hands on it? Uh, it, it was actually a purely out of luck, <laughs> to be honest oh, yeah. with you. I, I had expressed interest in it. A friend of mine who uh, he always go, he always he has connections of getting mm-hmm. stuff from the con. And there's also people who are like on Facebook and different Facebook groups that are saying, "Oh, I'm going to you know San Diego." Um, I if you, I'll stand in line for you if you give me the money plus extra for yeah. my time or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it was one of those things I, I contemplated doing it, but couldn't really put the money together to do that. Yeah. So I felt like I had to pass on it. Well, my buddy who does that every year, he uh, gave me a phone call and said, "Hey, look, I was able to get a extra set, uh, and all, uh, and all it's gonna." cost you if you want it all it's going to cost you is uh the price of the the set plus shipping yeah so and the set was about a hundred bucks yeah anyway 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 could just cost me about 125 bucks and that's probably the cheapest i would have ever gotten it yeah had i with the exception of physically going to san diego to get it yeah I knew Hasbro was had a limited amount online that they were going to do, and I just missed out on. It. I man, those things go so fast. Yeah, they yeah, go so fast. Like there's no way you can. Yeah, and the, like I said, this set is just for what it is, and since it's probably it may not be something we ever see again. Yeah, and even to get some of these characters in figure form again, and let alone being scaled with <laughs> GI Joe, yeah. it's I just could not. And me being such a fan of the 118 scale, yeah. And to get this much, these many figures from different toy lines represented in that scale, I just felt like I could not miss out on the opportunity of getting it. 
Cool, I dig it. I like the I like the ROM and the Mat Tracker the best. The, the looks on those are pretty cool. I always like Mat Tracker's look. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are they? Isn't there talk of them doing a new Mask toy line or something? Yeah, they has been in the rumor mill. They're they've licensed uh, almost all these. All this stuff has been licensed yeah. or by Hasbro. licensing for not just toys, but there's the potential for movies and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So there, from what I understand, there's a lot. A potential from Hasbro in the future for a lot of this stuff, but detail. There's no real details. I mean, I know like with the GI Joe toy line, they're holding off on doing anything more with that until the next movie comes out, and there's no telling when that could be. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully we'll see a new mask line or a ROM line or Visionary or something here in the future, but. I don't know. And most likely some stuff might be announced at their first HasCon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they've, uh, they've taken the <laughs> uh, the convention rights back yeah. from uh, the uh, Transformers uh, Collectors Club and the G.I. Joe Collectors Club, and they're going to do their own HasbroCon, yeah. or HasCon is what yeah. they're calling I, it. I thought that was about that cat that wanted cheeseburgers. So yeah. <laughs> I was excited for that. Now that I know it's just a toy con. Yeah, nah, never mind. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> so uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that convention, which yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know when it is, uh, but I, it's coming up this year or beginning of next year. Again, it'll be interesting to see what what developments come out of that because it's it's strictly Hasbro related stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, what I'm hoping is they announce some new toy lines because I feel like, you know, to- Hasbro's got, you know, Star Wars, they've got Transformers, they've got G.I. Joe that they don't do anything much with no, anymore. But again, like Marvel you said, licensing. they've got the Marvel no. licensing. <laughs> They're like the only game in town pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm really kind of expecting at some point that uh, Disney buys Hasbro because <laughs> that's about the only thing that Disney doesn't own. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really cool set. Uh, it's really, like you said, it's really neat to see these figures in toy form again. Uh, and again, in scale with, uh, the Joe scale, the, the one sixteenth, three and three quarter, uh, 3.75, however you choose to refer to it as. Yeah. And it's, I, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's nice that they did something like this to represent the deal. It's nice that it connects to the IDW comics, which I know that they've, really pushed and want that that stuff to do well yeah. uh and everything like that and they're they're solid reads they're really they're really decent comics if you have any nostalgia for these characters uh in any shape or fashion this those comic series are really oh, good and, and the hasbro has said at least for right now this mm-hmm. set is a one-off thing yeah so well, again, hopefully in the future they do re- do something with these properties but for right now, if you want a ROM or an Action Man or a Visionary or something to go with your G.I. Joe, or if you were just fans of these lines growing up, I mean, this is the set to have right yeah. now. Cool. I like it. I have to track one down at an extremely high price. <laughs> <laughs> at least 200 for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would suck. I have enough toys that... <laughs> Well, cool. That was awesome. We got anything else we want to go over about this con exclusive? How big was the box? Because I saw the box. Well, I actually looked. I actually didn't get the box because the box would have added about thirty dollars extra shipping. Wow, man, that's there. And I was not looking for a 
to pay any more than I needed yeah, yeah. to. So I was, so no, I did not get the box with it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I got what I wanted out of it, so. Uh, yeah. We open our toys anyway. So. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, half the time I was just like, oh, the, the artwork or whatever is so cool on this box, and I'll keep it for, like, a little while till it starts, like, I mean, because I take the toys out and stuff. Right. Like, some of the, you know, the packaging is super cool, like, with the uh, Maddie Collector stuff. Right. Uh, or even, like, the new, uh, one Super 7? Was it Super 7 that took over? Yeah, the, yes. That? Because they, they did the old school packaging for the... Yeah. For that, and I was like, oh, it looks so cool. I should have ordered a couple more to... You know, after a while, it's just like, yeah, it's just a box. I mean, throw it out. I don't need to... <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. So if you guys are able to, listeners are able to track down this set, I would definitely recommend picking one up. If you're a huge fan of all these properties. And I say, what was our grading scale? How many geeks do we give it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. It's, it's, it's based off of uh, the uh, comic code. Uh, I think we should Let's come up with like a five, a five point geek scale. That way, I can create like a little. A little cartoon to put on the side, or just like, oh, <laughs> right. like Fred gave it this many, whatever horn rim glasses or whatever geeks like. I don't know what's 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 the what would be the the top like you know I mean yeah, door geek uh, nerd you know I mean, well, it's like nerd level or yeah. just you know or just you know I mean well, like on a like something visual that like we visual. could probably put up because like on the the one I do with Noel when we do movie reviews we have it in terms of enchiladas or like how many enchiladas. Do you give this movie? And we always say like five is five is what fills a casserole dish. So we're like, oh, I give this movie. <laughs> uh, whatever we come up with, this is probably on the top, you yeah, know, the top of the spectrum. Oh, definitely. You know, it's a, uh, I just because some of the parts choices might have been a little bit more uh, envisioned, or could, they could have thought a little bit better on some, especially the ROM, because again, yeah. the ROM. As, as good as it is, the legs are just very way out there yeah. as far as the parts choice, so it does take away from it. Uh, but from whatever whatever I we decide to do as far as ratings, I mean, I, I wouldn't give it a 5, but I might do like a, a 4 or a 4.5 on the set because it's, it's still, there's still a lot more good go- coming from it than there is bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mainly it's because it's like figures you never thought you'd see exactly. or see again. Like, did they ever have a ROM toy back in the... They did. Yeah, it was like, those like big, big old ones, yeah. One, yeah. I guess we'll close up this section saying that we really enjoyed this uh, con exclusive. Thanks to Chase for bringing advice. We could take a look at it. We'll have no some problem. pictures posted uh, on the site to go along when the episode goes up so you guys can take a look at it. Well, cool. We're going to take a quick little break here, and we'll be right back to wrap up the show with our uh, favorite segment. <laughs> It is a time when those who control the magic control destiny. When spectral knights battle evil darkling lords. Alright, so we're back from our uh, little break here, uh, from a review of the Hasbro figures, ex- SDCC, is that the right amount of letters? San Diego Comic-Con SDCC, exclusive. Yeah. 2017 Hasbro exclusive. Hasbro Revolution, Revolution set. Yeah. Hasbro dolls. <laughs> I mean action figures. Uh, so we're back here for our uh, closing segment of the show that we like to call the Fanboy 5, where we... Uh, 
usually pick a, the theme of the episode to find our top five uh, things related to uh, the episode. And for this month, we chose our uh, was it top five fan Comic-Con uh, guests or experiences. or Fanboy freakouts. Uh, yeah, fanboy freakouts <laughs> at a convention. That's what we'll call it, fanboy freakouts. <laughs> And we're just going to kind of go over like our, we try to keep it, uh, we try to do like different types of uh, top five lists that aren't the same as like other sites or pods where, you know, it's our own, there's no uh, right or wrong top top five lists, you know. It's our personal opinions. Yeah, it's our personal opinions here. If you don't like it, you can yeah. suck it. You know, you don't Whoa. know like what, what, what guests I met at a con that you think uh, should have been my, yeah. my number one, you don't know. <laughs> So we'll get started here. Do we want to do it switching out, or one person goes at a time, or how do we want? To, I don't even have an honorable mention on mine. So we yeah, I don't have an honorable mention, six, but I, I do five. have one. But I, I have a question for both of y'all because I have one that I didn't put on here because I didn't meet him at a convention. But and if you, if this applies to one of yours mm-hmm. on your list, then you can tell it at that point. Yeah. But if you ever met somebody, uh, met a celebrity, and just had that moment where you like. Oh, this is that person, and yeah. you like you couldn't speak, you know that that honest to god fanboy yeah. <laughs> type of deal. Uh, you know, I've had one, and it it completely caught me off guard, and it was probably because of the setting and everything yeah. like that. But have you either one of you had that where you're just like, oh, I, this I, is so and so. Yeah, I came close to one, and I'll get into it whenever with my list because it's on the list. But it was one of those things. It's like I can't believe I'm mating. And you're talking, you're like, okay, stop talking. You're, st- you're sounding like an idiot, <laughs> you know? One of those honest God babbling idiot moments when no. you're meeting somebody who, you know, you've, like, idolized has no. been a part of your life or anything like that, you know? I haven't. I mean, I bumped into a babbling idiot. Uh, I bumped into Gary Busey at a golf tournament once. <laughs> <laughs> was, this is kind I, of the opposite effect. Yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't babbling because he was meeting me. He was, just, <laughs> he, he was so excited about his Amazon Fire Stick, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was, this was pre... He, he was going crazy on national TV, Gary Busey. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's the only like celebrity I've met outside of like a, a convention setting. I was just at a, a golf tournament and he was wandering around. I don't even know if he Wait, was there. What are you the doing tournament. playing golf? Uh, I mean, I wasn't playing golf. I was there. It was for the Byron Nelson. It was oh, when, yeah. Tiger, when Tiger Woods was really huge. And he was there and I, I got uh, tickets through my parents' work. So I went out there and I actually, well, again, I, I kind of met Tiger Woods there also. They had a, a lineup going. He was going from one hole to the next, and I didn't pay attention to the barrier, and I walked in front of him as he was going to the next hole. I was like, whoa, sorry, Tiger. And then shortly after that, I bumped into Gary Busey just wandering around the course. I don't know if he was there for the to view the tournament, or he just wandered in from somewhere. Free drinks. <laughs> yeah, free drinks. Well, mine was, uh, uh, and it was kind of an odd situation. Um, uh, uh, I live in the, the, the Red Oak area right now, and uh, a friend of mine invited me to his church. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had told me that this certain person was there. And we, when we went to visit, I had kind of forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we go we go visit, visit the church, and go because this guy's a good friend of ours and everything like that. And so we go to visit the church, and we are in the meet and greet section of the service, you know, and everything yeah. like that. And this very tall for me anyway gentleman walks up. <laughs> And he and I'm I'm, I'm going to forget his real name is uh, uh, Steve Borden. Steve Borden. Steve. Mm. He walks up and <laughs> he goes, "Hi, my name's Steve." And 
my wife goes, hi, my name's Tier, And I'm going like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and he goes, hi, my name's Steve. So I'm like, yes. Because <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, this is Sting. I've watched him on wrestling for years, you know, on TV. I, and I don't know. I, I think it was the church setting that I yeah. just wasn't expecting it. Because yeah. normally when I talk to celebrities and everything, it's cool. It's nice to meet you. You know, it's, yeah. it's neat and everything like that. But it just it just kind of came out of the blue. And it was really awesome. And he's a nice guy. Yeah. But uh, his his brother run uh, is the pastor of a church here in, in Red Oak, and he's a member oh, right. of it. They live in Waxahachie, <laughs> and he's a nice guy. I've gotten to talk to him a couple of times, and, and it's really neat to be able to do that. But still, to see somebody like that in a setting like that when you've seen him for so many years yeah. as this character larger than life on TV, yeah. it was just a it was just an odd. That's crazy. Interaction. That's crazy. I never knew that. But my wife looked at me and she's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. You're like, you're like, put my wife in the stinger stunner and show her. So that's, I, I guess that's an honorable mention for me is that. That's pretty cool. Good. It was really neat, but it was just, it was the only time I've ever just like had no words to say yeah. to somebody. <laughs> that's cool. Well, you know, that. since I, I did, did that, I'll, I'll go first. Well, uh, cool. Well, do we want to. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start. Because I have an honorable mention too. Oh, yeah. well, if you have an honorable yeah, you mention, you start. Because I don't okay. have an honorable mention. Yeah, okay. Well, well, you just said. You well, I said I'd make it, but I didn't. Come on, okay. Let's, go let's ahead. Get technical. <laughs> I will. My honorable mention is actually a three-way tie. I'm glad yeah. you finished that sentence. <clears throat> and these are all. It's all artists, and it was. Uh, it's Joe Madeira, Andy Kubert, and J. Scott Campbell. Uh, I've met them over various conventions over the years. And it's just, for me, getting into comics, I didn't start reading comics until the 90s. And that's when I start, really started collecting everything. And these three artists are three artists that really became real fans of their style and you know the work they were putting out. And so to get the chance to meet these artists that helped you know, kind of influence my love for the industry was really just a big moment for me. And and these are artists that, you know, they're they're well known and they're popular, but they're with the exception of I guess Campbell, they don't have the quite that huge mainstream feel as far as with their work and everything. Uh, whereas Campbell's mostly now known for his work as a cover artist, mostly on pinups basically. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Whereas, but back then he was actually working and, you know, doing, you know, he did Gen 13 and he did his Danger Girl series. I still really like that series yeah. a lot. And, uh, and various other things too. And with, you know, Cam uh, Kubert, who he, the son of Joe Kubert, who grew to fame. I mean, he, Andy Kubert was the artist that took over X-Men after Jim Lee left. And his style was close enough to where it didn't feel bad, but it was different enough that you you could just you could just tell that there was a different art style, and it was good art. Yeah. Uh, okay. Granted, he drew all of his women the exact same at the time, but still, I mean, it, it was just it was a nice. It was he was a good he was a good replacement for Jim Lee, mm -hmm. and then of course Joe Madeira. Uh, again, he uh, you know he had his run on Kenny X Men, and he's the artist that really popularized uh, that anime style that was yeah. incorporated in the comics during the time and. He also helped popularize the uh, fantasy genre in comics during his period too. And even though a lot of people may think he's more infamous than famous now, just because of his 
he, he likes to take his time on stuff. <laughs> uh, but still, it just his artwork was always just mesmerizing to me. So to get to be able to sit here and say I've met these three artists that influenced my childhood, uh, it, it was just a real pleasure. Yeah. Cool. Was it in a, a meet and greet situation? or No, it was, um, it was more of a uh, – well, J. Scott Campbell, he was, like, right. And he was only there for one day mm-hmm. for a specific time period. Yeah. So I made sure I positioned myself right in front of the booth <laughs> to where he, when he was leaving, I'd get a chance to talk to him and everything. Um, with Andy Hubert, I just was walking around, mm-hmm. uh, the, and I, I saw his booth there and, yeah. you know, and I knew he had a relationship with Neil Adams. So I, you know, was there and I talked to him for a little bit and everything. And then Joe Madeira was just a surprise cause I didn't know he was going <laughs> to be there. And I just happened to unintentionally be in his line when it was a turn. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, Real pleasure to get to meet those artists. My number five, uh, I met uh, Lou Ferrigno at a Wizard World. I think the last Wizard World that DFW had, or was my first Wizard World that I went to. I can't remember. They so may have been it wasn't one the, the one same. he fought with Sam Jones at? Uh, oh, no, it wasn't that one. Really. He was fighting with Flash Gordon. Was that a Dallas one? No. Oh, I was like, whoa. That would have been awesome to see. And that was, and this was a Wizard World from like when I first moved to Dallas. So it was probably 2008. Uh, and I went with a friend of mine, and um, and this was back when it wasn't a huge affair like they are now, like just cons in general. Right. So he, he almost looked like he was like flagging people down to come see him because <laughs> uh, they had him next to, uh, you know, uh, before cosplay girls were the it thing, a, a penthouse playboy model that was there. Yeah, uh, it used to be take, a thing at conventions. Yeah. <laughs> and I met her too, but she wasn't on my list. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but then like Lou Ferrigno was like in a corner of like whatever convention center that they had it at, and he was waiting. I was like, oh, that's Lou Ferrigno. Nobody was there. I think there was maybe like one guy with him, you know, getting something signed. And I was like, oh crap, let's go. I want to meet Lou Ferrigno. And he was like, you know, super friendly. He's super huge. Yeah. Uh, and I have a Incredible Hulk uh, TV show poster that's done in the style of it to look like a comic book uh, with him on it. He autographed it for me, personalized it for me. So I was like, you're huge in person. But I mean, he was like super friendly, and you know, you know, it's always. Uh, having us since he's deaf right uh talk directly at him because he can read lips and stuff and probably like one of my first major like celebrity you know meet and greet experiences at a convention so i had to throw him on there as like you know being one of the first you know childhood heroes that i got to meet at one of these conventions i've always heard he's really nice yeah yeah he was really super cool so he was my my number five and i still have that poster that i haven't uh bothered to get framed yet it's still rolled up i'm sure it's all (laughs) his signatures probably bleed it off by now Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, my number five was the cast of Warehouse 13. Uh, <laughs> me and my friend, who's also named as Brian, but he spells it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he allowed me to get in on some of his photo ops, and that's how I've met most of the people. Yeah. Because usually when a convention was in town, I had to work because we were usually working the convention yeah. or running the or being part of the convention, and somebody had to work the store. Yeah. So I didn't get to go to a whole lot, but I had a couple opportunities to, and. Uh, Castle Warehouse 13 was really cool. One of my favorite actors, Eddie McClintock, was a part of that. And I just, he cracks me up. He's just got some great delivery and lines. But uh, it's funny, they had us sit down in these two chairs and they had the, the cast surround us. And we'll, we'll have a picture we'll post on the, the Facebook or the, the website for this. So, and I'm going to forget his name. Uh, the, the, I should have looked this up before we started. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, one of the, the guys there said, uh, right before they took the picture, he goes, okay, everybody, bedroom eyes. And uh, <laughs> so they're all looking kind of sultry and everything like that. And uh, Eddie McClintock is is sitting beside me. He's kind of kneeled down, and he kind of lays his head on my lap a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> as they're taking the picture, they said, bedroom eyes. And Eddie's up there, my hand's kind of on his shoulder. And, and, and I go, I love you, Eddie. <laughs> and it was just a really cool moment. It's a really great photo. and We got a really good story out of it. And the, they were all really friendly. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, Eddie McClintock is just one of my favorite actors. I'd love to see him do more stuff and things like that. But uh, it's, it, it was it was a great time. Get to meet all of them. <laughs> My number five, it's actually going to be kind of a weird choice. Uh, it was a weird guest to have at a at the at a convention, but it made for kind of a fun little story and fun little interaction. And the person is uh, Tori Spelling. <laughs> uh, for anyone who you do, do not know the name or the name sounds familiar, you can't quite figure out. Uh, she's the daughter of Aaron Spelling, who's been the executive producer of a bunch of those. 90s and I guess 2000s teen type of TV shows, uh, but she was uh, one of the stars of 90210, the yeah. original one. Um, oh, I forgot we have to say that now because they did do another series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the original. Uh, meeting her was kind of a chance deal. I was working the convention and I was having a conversation with a uh, Asper representative that was there, and her and her husband walked by, and I didn't notice them but she or but the guy i was talking to knows something goes oh hey and started conversation so we kind of got grouped in this little conversation there and uh as i was as we were introducing ourselves tori spelling she goes hi i'm tori now anyone who (laughs) grew up during that time knows who tori spelling is whether you watch the show or you're a fan of her or not you know who she is just because she was such a so you know, she was so visible back during that time yeah. period. I mean, her picture was all over the place. So she just says, hi, I'm Tori. And I shook her hand. And I go, yeah, I know. <laughs> and she just kind of got a, a chuckle at that because it was like she had like that blonde moment. Like, of course, everyone knows who I, I'm Tori <laughs> Spelling, you know. But she was really nice. Uh, she's tiny. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought she'd been like a little bit taller or yeah. something. But she was just like. Just tiny, you know. It's like here you can jump in my pocket, you know, whatever, you know. But uh, you know, she was really nice, real sweet, very talkative, and uh, just an all around good experience, yeah. you know. Especially is, and this is something y'all with me as far as my con experiences or with celebrities is they're all chance encounters or something. It's nothing I, you know, expected to happen. Yeah. You know, it's just. I just kind of lucked out in meeting a lot of these celebrities. So, and that's definitely what this was. It was yeah. just a chance encounter, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Your encounters are cooler because you didn't have to pay for them. Like, oh, that's true. <laughs> but they're more random, though. I, can't, I don't have any control over who I want them to or not meet. Which I think is the better <laughs> option. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, because you do get the, the opportunity to, for the cool stories <laughs> and things like that or weird situations. Yeah. Well, I do have a, a, a I have an honorable mention, but I'll do that at the end of our our list. I just, one just popped into my head. <laughs> cool. So are we moving on to our number, four. number fours. My number four it's Jim Lee that I met at Fan Expo this earlier this year, and the reason he's uh, on there is because I spent an entire day following this guy around 
everything that he was doing, I was there for. Um, <laughs> so was, you were stalking him? Uh, well, I mean, but stalking by paying him. To, like, show, well, no, because two of the things were free. Uh, the uh, phrasing. <laughs> the uh, the he was there. He was only there on a sun on Sunday. And I had paid for the, you know, the fan experience thing where he had to be there by like 9 a.m. Sunday morning to do a, a meet and greet. And he got like a, a Batman lithograph uh, autograph and and along with like three three things you could bring in to autograph also. So we had that cattle call line at 9 a.m. And then he comes in, you know, walks through the and it's cool because uh, the convention center where they always have it is is huge enough where like you're not mixed in with the regular floor crowd to get to any of the major stuff. Uh, you know, so we did that, uh, went through the line. He signed my X-Men number one. The so When I found out he could do, he was doing three things. Uh, I had to run up to the table and get the exclusive Batman number or whatever that he did the cover for. So I got him to sign that. And crap, something else he signed for me. I can't remember what it was. Probably like the Hush hardcover that I got. <laughs> had him sign that. And he was cool. You know, took the picture. He's really tiny. <laughs> also... Uh, really friendly. Didn't say much to him just because they were hurting us through really quickly. And I went to his, uh, he had the DC metal uh, panel, which was really cool for like uh, Dallas to get a major like news uh, story panel that, you know, something that they would probably do like at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, so him, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo uh, and uh, who's the, who's his partner? Scott uh, Williams. Scott Williams? Uh, or... No, 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 not, not in, but uh, partner business-wise at DC, uh, Dan Dio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, you know, there doing the panel. That was really cool to see all those guys. And I recorded the whole thing. I have most of it posted on our YouTube channel. Uh, so check that out. He's a really funny guy. Talked about how he had studied mine in college because that helped him with his drawing style. Really? Being able to, like, you know, like if you don't have a lot of access to uh, certain muscular poses and stuff like that. Like if you can't, you don't have access to a guy holding a car over his head. Right. But in mine, like you can, like he was showing us demonstrations of how like he would just like fling his hand out and his fingers would just like, like arch up, like if they were up against a wall or something like that. Uh -huh. It was really cool to see him do it. But yeah, he said he studied mime just to learn like uh, muscle movement and, and stuff like that. And I was like, really, and he was actually really good at it. That's awesome. When you think of mime, you think like, yeah, anybody can do it. But the right. way he was doing it, it looked like magic. And then, uh, so after the, uh, the panel, you know, that was another thing where I waited in line for like an hour or so for the panel because I didn't want to miss it. And then immediately after the panel, I got into another line because he was doing a drawing seminar at the end of it. And he was hilarious on that. Now, I haven't posted that yet because I haven't pieced everything together, but I, you know, I will after the we post this episode. But he was hilarious and he was, you know, drawing a Batman profile that he was, you know, he was going to auction off or, you know, do a drawing for. Uh, at the end of it, he was just telling jokes. He was doing a Q and A, asking him questions about whatever he wanted to ask him about. He was like super friendly, super approachable. I went up to him at the end of it, shook his hand. After that, which if I had known that, I was just like, I could have got a picture with you for free if I had just gone to this line instead of paying the hundred dollars for the right the other experience <laughs> I got. But I'm sure he appreciated the hundred dollars. Yeah, he was appreciated the hundred bucks. <laughs> he needs it with his new Ferrari that he had bought. And he was telling us about. It. <laughs> but yeah, so Jim Lee was my my number four childhood hero, uh, artist wise that I always wanted to meet. I had an opportunity to do it because he hasn't come to Dallas very often or at all. So that was my number four. Um. All right, my number four is uh, John Barrowman. Uh, you know him as uh, Merlin in uh, Arrow or uh, Captain Jack in Doctor Who. <laughs> um, he, the best way to describe him is flamboyant. Uh, he, yeah. that man, 
He's just full of energy. It's when we were in the line to get a photo op with him, it, uh, the person directly or the couple directly ahead of us, uh, they had, uh, he had literally pulled his pants down for their photo op. <laughs> so <laughs> you never, you don't know what to expect. Ours was pretty mild, uh, with him. And it was, <laughs> it, it's pretty quick. I didn't really get a chance to talk to him and then I didn't get a chance to go and, uh, but I enjoyed meeting him because he is such a kind of a big personality yeah. and, and, and not, not even celebrity wise, but just generally as a person. Yeah. Uh, he's a neat guy. Uh, I, I wished I'd had the opportunity to actually talk to him a little bit, yeah. uh, but I, I, I enjoyed, you know, the experience that I had with him. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's my number four. Cool. Well, my number four is Kevin Sorbo. Yes. That Kevin Sorbo who was Hercules and Hercules. Hercules. Of Legendary. Well, he was the captain on Andromeda. Well, but he was that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was yeah. going to be the next big thing. <laughs> Oh, it's syndicated television for you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got to meet Kevin Sorbo this uh, earlier this year. It was actually during the Marvelous Energy Years Eve show. And uh, again, not a whole lot of people, not a lot going on. So just walking around and just happened to see his booth and him sitting there. So I went and talked to him. And, and the reason this is uh, he's number four, again, I grew up watching that show, huge fan of it and everything. So it's, it was very much a, hey, you know, childhood icon, you know, yeah. fan, you know, getting to me a childhood hero. But the reason this is so memorable is, you know, this guy is tall. You, yeah. If you've seen, you watched Hercules or any of his movies, you know, he's a tall man. But you never realize just how tall he is until you meet him in person. <laughs> when I, as I started talking to him, he was sitting down in a chair. And we were just, you know, having casual conversation. And then he stood up, and I, I'm five ten myself. Uh, not too terribly tall, but I'm not <laughs> short either. The top of my head came to the middle of his bicep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a little, that was a little interesting, yeah. <laughs> you know. But, but yeah, very pleasant, very nice guy. I mean, just again, getting to meet a childhood hero, you know, someone you. You enjoyed their work growing up and everything. It just it, it was it's good to know that to find out that some of these celebrities are very pleasant and enjoyable and actually like being around their fans yeah. and everything. And he was definitely one of those people, regardless of his whatever his political views are. And he's very vocal about that. He yeah. is still a very very nice and uh, humble person to be yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, my number three was from the, the last convention I attended in Corpus at the Corpus Christi Comic Con. I met John Wesley Ship. This dude was super nice. Yeah, he is. Uh, like probably the, like people you hear people say he's like, oh, he's the nicest guy you'll ever want to meet. I think John Wesley Ship may be the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Uh, you know, I got the the thing to to do the the photo op with him, but he it was already getting close to the time to do the photo op, and I saw him at his table because uh, it was close by. And I was like, oh, it's not a, a terribly long line to go over there. So I went over there to get uh, see what I could get autographed. And, uh, and I got the paid for an autograph and another photo with him there. And as soon as it, not, you know, I paid first and whoever was in front of me was getting their, their photo done. And he was so cool that when it finally got to me, he, he was really concerned about uh, a couple that were a, a few people behind me. The guy was dressed as New 52 Flash, okay. and his girlfriend uh, was, uh, oh, Dr. Fate, okay. the female Dr. Fate. And they had a dog dressed in the CW Flash costume. Nice. So it's kind of a leather costume that this poor dog is in. 
And he was so concerned with it. He was just like, he's like, is it, is it okay? He's like, are you guys getting a, a picture, an autograph or just an autograph or a picture? And they wanted a picture, you know, with, with the dog. And he was like, is it okay? He's like, for the line, if like, I let them cut, cause I really want to get this dog out of this costume. Uh, so it doesn't get overheated. And I was the next person in line. He's like, is that okay with you? Or we can do you really quick. And I was like, no, that's totally fine with me. He's like, oh, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks. And then he was rounding everybody together to get some, for them to get this picture. And I posted a picture of the, the guy and the dog on our, uh, when I did a, a post of the album on our Facebook page. And uh, he was super cool. Uh, let them get their picture. And then when they got the picture done, it was already time for the photo op thing to start. So he had to run over there with his handler. And he, again, he was apologizing to me. He's like, he's like, he's like, I don't want you to think I have like some weird OCD thing where I just run around. I just, I want to make sure I get this uh, taken care of and we'll get all you guys taken care of. <laughs> so he ran off to the photo op thing, came back really quickly, uh, came back, like, you know, just pat me on the chest. He's like, thanks so much brother for, uh, you know, being so understanding and stuff. You know, I got my name, remembered my name when I actually went to do the photo op. Reason because I go, I went by, it was like, I told him, he's like, oh, my name's Fernando. And he was like, oh, like the Abbasan. And I was like, yeah, like the Abbasan. <laughs> and uh, that's awesome. And he was cool. And he signed the picture for me. I told him about, you know, when the show, when the Flash show came out in uh, was September of 90. Yeah. Uh, you know, I told him I had, my dog had puppies at that time and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, most of the puppies died except for one male puppy, the only one that survived. And uh, my mom wanted to name him Flash because I was so excited for the show to come out. And so I was like, yeah, we named my dog Flash, you know, technically after you. He's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. And then, but he was really super friendly. He was really cool with me being, you know, not being okay with all this other stuff that was going on as soon as I got to him. Then we got the, took the picture. Uh, he saw me in the line, put my bag down to go take the picture. He's like, hey, Fernando, like the Abba song. <laughs> and, you know, super friendly, like shaking hands. The dude is muscular as crap. Yeah. Like, because when I see him on the show, um, on The Flash, that first season, he looked like he was kind of pudgy or something like that. And especially when they put him in the Jake Garrett costume. He's always had, like, a really big chest. Yeah, well, like, his chest is, like, barrel-chested. Seeing this, because like, maybe he's puzzled. Because <laughs> I met him, too. Yeah. And he looked, like, way skinny. Like... Yeah, like he had lost a lot of weight. Now, yeah, barrel chest cut, but I mean, he just—he didn't look as muscular yeah. as I had seen him in the past. And apparently, that was more for it was better for the suit to yeah. be well, because you know you can simulate the muscular yeah, area right. and move better with it. So yeah, he just—I mean, yeah, he was just—I I was more surprised yeah. at how skinny he was yeah. when I've met him. And I would say he's probably skinny when I met him, but it was just like his tone, his muscle tone. Yeah, it was tight. Like there was his veins and stuff, and you could tell he's fit because, like, of course, he's wearing like a size medium shirt. <laughs> right. So his like arms are puffy, yeah, but he's definitely in shape. And I was like, oh, man. oh yeah. But yeah, I've been a big fan of his since those early oh, yeah. Flash days. So yeah, he was my my number three. You John enjoyed him as the dad on uh, Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good. He's a he plays a good father. He does. Um, okay, so number three, my number three is uh is Neil Adams, and I've. Had the opportunity to meet Neil Adams a couple of times, yeah. but the best was that first time that he came and did a signing at the store. Yeah. And, and, you know, since then, Chase has been able to work with him and everything like that. And, uh, but the thing I enjoyed about Neil is when he was at the store doing this, and there wasn't, we had a few people come in and everything. It wasn't quite, you know, just so packed or good, but he sat there and when the, the people would hang around and he'd sit there and it was almost like sitting in his living room and letting him tell you a story. Yeah. It was just so cool and listening to him talking. And if anybody you know knows Neil Adams, he 
likes to hear himself talk. <laughs> uh, he, he's a nice guy. I yeah. really have no complaints about Neil Adams, but you know, Neil Adams' biggest fan is Neil Adams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, I, I love him for that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's absolutely not disparaging his character whatsoever. I, you know, the man knows what he wants and he goes after it and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he is definitely, there's not many comic legends alive today. Yeah. And, uh, if you, you get the opportunity to meet him, you should, because yeah. he is truly, a comic legend and yeah. he's just he's done a lot for the industry um he's done some amazing work and is still doing some amazing work over the years some of his recent variant covers on the green lantern rebirth have just been phenomenal yeah. <laughs> you know so uh yeah neil adams is definitely yeah. one of and he, he's like that with everybody mm -hmm. i'll be yeah. honest with you. he if you want to have a conversation that he will sit there and talk matter of fact he hates it when no one comes by and talks to him. He would rather <laughs> you come by and have a conversation with him than just come by and get something. Yeah. Way to have something signed. And if you ask him about a story you heard, he will sit there and he will tell you the story. He yeah. doesn't care how long the line is. He will, he will talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree. You know. And he's really accessible too because he's, he's on so. social media. He's like when you're saying like he's a, he's a living legend and it's, it's fortunate for us that he's a living legend that still does the concert. It, uh, right. Well, and it's funny because uh, I don't know how many times I've had people, when I've been working the cons, people come up who have been fans of Neil, who are fans of Neil Adams, yeah. and they're scared to go talk to Neil Adams. Yeah. They're like, oh, I can't do it. I'm like, he goes, oh, it's Neil Adams. Yeah. Oh, it's so awesome. Go talk to him. No, I can't. <laughs> Why not? I'm scared. I'm nervous. And it's that point where I'll go, hey, Neil. <laughs> and I will call them out. I'll be like, Spartan, no one come talk to you. He's too scared to come talk to you. And then he will proceed to call them over and have a conversation. With them. Yeah. He, he, he's, again, one of those just amazing personalities, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, because like you said, he is so accessible to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it's, he's a really great experience. Even if you don't know his work or don't know what he's done and everything like that, which, to, for me, is hard to believe. Yeah. But uh, if you're a fan of any kind of comics, uh, he he's just a really neat individual. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, that's that's my number three. Uh, my number three is actually the only time I've ever had kind of a freak, not necessarily a freak out moment, but I turned into that bumbling idiot <laughs> moment, and that was with Todd McFarlane. <laughs> uh, again. If you know who Todd McFarlane is, famous for his work on Spider-Man during the uh, early 90s and more famous probably for creating Spawn and his empire yeah. with McFarlane toys and everything. Uh, but this was one of my earlier con uh, conventions I worked at, and it was completely unexpected, out of the blue, him coming, it, you know, because he stopped by the booth to talk to Neil, to see Neil Adams, and this has been like the first time he'd come to Dallas, yeah. either in a long time or ever. So it was just, it was a very rare opportunity to meet him and just seeing him. I saw him talking to Neil. I was like, "Holy crap, that's Todd <laughs> McFarlane!" I understand? I'm not. I like Todd McFarlane's work. Yeah, I'm not. He's not my. I mean, a lot of people say he's the greatest Spider-Man artist of all time. I disagree mm, with maybe. that. I have my own personal favorite, but. I still cannot deny what Todd McFarlane has done yeah. in the industry. And I mean, again, he's, we only talked about Neil Adams being a living legend. That's true. Todd McFarlane in a lot of regards is 
a modern living yeah. legend in the comic industry. Well, and not only that, but you know, he's brought toys to the place that they are today. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, he is probably the biggest uh, contributor to, to the collectible toy market yeah. for where it is today. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, just getting to meet him as he was leaving, I was like, I gotta say <laughs> hi. So I say, hey Todd, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you. You know, just kind of ramble on. I'm like, holy crap, I need to shut up and let go. <laughs> but he was real nice, real pleasant. You know, it wasn't. He was willing. You know, the fact that he was even he was with a handler to kind of guy kind of yeah. keep everyone. But the fact that he was willing to stay, even though he was probably on a really tight schedule. Yeah. That he was willing to take those few moments to, you know, let me, you know, introduce and meeting was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my number three because of me. The only time I've ever reverted to that form meeting a celebrity. <laughs> cool. That's where we're at. Number two now. Number two. Uh, my number two is probably going to be somebody. Uh, you guys don't know when I say the name, but when I tell you what their their work was, you'll be like, oh yeah, that person. Uh, I met uh, an actress named uh, Elpidia Carrillo. She's a Mexican actress, uh, and uh, she actually played uh, Anna in Predator, the only female in the in the entire movie. Okay, and uh, and I was excited to see because I, I just like as as a kid. I mean, I love Predator. I, of course, I love, I love Predator. That, that entire movie and and hers. So to me, she was like always so so pretty. Uh, but I was always uh, I've always liked her just because I liked that movie so much. When I saw she was going to be at the famous Monsters Con. I was like, cool, that's going to be, you know, her and Butch Patrick. They're the two main people I want to, to meet on that guest list. And, you know, and I get there, and she's sitting next to, I forget her name, but the girl from uh, Better Off Dead, the French exchange student. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she's sitting next to her, and, you know, and she has her, her handler there, and I go there, and she has a, a thick uh, Spanish accent, and she's still, like, extremely pretty. Uh, and, and no one's, no one's there. And I think this is probably like her first convention. So she was a little lost there. So I ended up helping her for like the next hour or so oh, wow. with stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're talking, I was wearing a, a predator t-shirt and I was telling her how they had a, cause she asked me she says, where I got the shirt. And I was like, I think I had got it on, uh, I think I ordered it on Amazon cause it was going to get there quicker. And I, and she was like, Oh cool. I was like, I never know they made shirts for the, the movie. And I was like, yeah, now it's like pop culture exploding the way it is like every everything has its t-shirt and i told her you know there's even one with a, a t-shirt that has your your line that you said in spanish which is uh i forget what the line is but it's essentially when they're describing the predator in her village they say that it's the the demon that makes trophies of men but they have it in spanish uh-huh. and she was like oh that's cool what was oh and we, but yet the the photo op was going to be like right after you know we did the phone and i did a, it was another john wesley ship situation where it was just like let me go ahead and get a got an autograph picture and a photo here at the table and she gets up from the table and she's wearing like, like hot shorts <laughs> and like, she's got a black blouse, a black see-through blouse with like a pink bra on underneath it. And I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then we can yeah, pretty much, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're taking a picture. She puts her arm around me. She puts her, her head on my chest and she tells me like in a Spanish accent, she's like, Fernando, I can feel your heartbeat. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and then her handler's like, you know, she took a couple of like two or three pictures, uh, there. And then I was like, okay, well I'll see you at the, the photo op. And I think I was the only person that signed up for a photo op that's how like uncrowded this convention was wow. uh and then uh so we do we do the the photo op you know take the picture and then uh you know it's just like the the guests go out this way the star goes out this way and she tells the person that's uh handling the photo op, she's like can he go with me 
So I got to, she wanted me to walk her back to her table. And I was like, oh my God. So there we go, like walking across the convention floor together, just talking and uh, t- walking her back to her table. And, uh, you know, she's talking, she's like, oh yeah, when you, when you get the photo, bring it back to me. So she's like, I'd love to see what it, what it looks like. She's like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, she started getting a little bit of a, of a line. There was actually a guy in the line that had like a face, a predator faceplate. Oh yeah. That started, the line started for me. I was like, oh, okay. So he got that signed. And I went and wandered around, waited for the picture to be ready, went and got it, uh, showed her the picture and she autographed it for me for free. And, uh, we took another picture, like for, for a moment there, I was just like, I could probably like ask her out. but she was like super friendly and i was just like oh my god like i i I drew energy off of that experience for like like months that's awesome oh my god it was crazy oh man (laughs) and even after because i posted the picture on our facebook page and uh she shared it onto her page we got like a ton of likes (laughs) uh, on on our photo i put it on my instagram and she liked it there and like people were just like going crazy we're just like oh my god you're so lucky So I was like, "Yeah, Whew. she's my she's my number two. <laughs> you, need, you need something to drink? No, 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 cigarette? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, my number two is uh, Colin Ferguson. Uh, hmm. He was in a sci-fi original series called Eureka, and he played the sheriff. Uh, and I absolutely love that show. Yeah. Um, he also currently is the Maytag man in the Maytag. Oh yeah, he is. Um, what I loved about him is I honestly think he's probably one of the greatest physical comedians Mm -hmm. since John Ritter. Yeah. He is just so good at that physical comedy Mm -hmm. and everything like that. But the, 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 the neat story with him is as we were in line to get a photo op with him, me and my friend, Brian, uh, he, uh, He's introducing himself to everybody. He goes, hi, I'm Colin. Yeah. Hi, I'm Colin. Well, the cameraman's kind of cracking up because it's every person that comes by. Yeah. And the cameraman's probably thinking, kind of like I'm thinking, they know who you are. <laughs> you know, and, and for Colin Ferguson, I understand. You're, he, he, I didn't get a chance to talk to him much, but I got the real impression that he's one of those generally nice guys. Yeah. Kind of like John Wesley Shipp. Yeah. You know, he's just a gen- and he's just introducing himself. He yeah. doesn't know all these people, but they all know him. <laughs> So we get up to him. He shakes my friend Brian's hand. He goes, hi, I'm Colin. And he goes to shake my hand. And I go, wait, let me guess. Colin, right? <laughs> the cameraman starts cracking up. <laughs> and and he, he cracks up himself. So we sit down. And I said, well, now this is going to be a thing. And he starts cracking up. And we got a really great picture of all three of us, just kind of with a great smile on yeah. our face and everything like that. Really cool to meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much more than that on that story. I'm just, I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. I'd love to see him do some more stuff. Uh, Eureka is just, was one of those kind of once in a lifetime TV shows. Yeah. I think everybody should watch. It just had the perfect amount of comedy, drama, science fiction, and everything. It was just a really great show. Yeah. yeah. So Colin Ferguson's my number two. Cool. Well, my number two, again, it's, Maybe kind of an odd choice, but my gosh, this experience was so great and funny. And it, it's Sam Jones. Ooh. Uh, Sam Jones, as we mentioned earlier, besides trying to fight Lou Ferrigno, uh, was... I fought Sam Jones first. <laughs> Is that your story? There need to be t-shirts that I fought Sam Jones. You know? <laughs> Join the club. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Jones was uh, played Flash Gordon in the 80s Flash Gordon movie. And uh, he was also has parodied himself in the uh, the, the two Ted movies. Uh, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> yeah. no, he's done some other movies that yeah. were 
not near as interesting. But this guy, he is a trip. I, I, I've never had experience with a celebrity like this before. Um, again, it was at the the New Year's show, and he was there, and he's gained some sense, you know, gained gained some steam popularity wise since the Ted movies have come out. So uh, he was there doing signings and. I guess this guy's kind of hard up for money or something. <laughs> I don't know. But the fact is that he came to Neil's booth and uh, was actually bartering with Neil oh over gosh. Prince. Oh, my gosh. Like, he's like, oh, oh, trying to convince Neil to, you know, give him some Prince and he'll give him some of his Prince and what, you know, just making this deal. And then, <laughs> he was like, what the hell am I going to do with these? <laughs> Neil's like, okay, whatever, sure. So he's going around looking like, okay, I'll get these prints and then I'll bring you two prints and uh, twenty dollars and and don't worry, once I start making some more money, you know, doing oh more movies, maybe I won't have to do this anymore. And Neil's like, oh okay, gosh. sure, fine. <laughs> but it was just so funny seeing Flash Gordon bartering for <laughs> art awesome. prints, you know. <laughs> And and he's another he's a big guy, yeah. bulk, you know, guy. But <laughs> it was it was just such a trip. I mean, I was trying to keep from laughing <laughs> this whole time, you know, seeing this interaction. What cracks me up is about him is uh, in Flash Gordon he had this stark blonde hair. Yeah. Well, now he's kind of like completely white. Yeah, so totally. it's like there's not that much difference except yeah. his hair is like white. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's crazy. I wonder if he has like an, uh, an eBay account where you're going to see like Neil Adams prints on his <laughs> eBay account trying to make some money. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if that's why him and Lou Ferrigno got in a fight because he was trying to trade prints. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're on our number one. Number one. My number one is probably like my first uh, celebrity guest that I, I met at a convention. It was uh, here in, in Dallas. And it's uh, Walter Chekhov Koenig mm. uh, from the original series. My, I, I was mostly a fan of the movies when it was the original series. Did you get to check him off your list? Am I? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Come on, Chekhov. Uh, but I, I mean, and it was another one of those because it was a small convention. It was you know before conventions got huge, and you know he was just out on the you know his table was out on the floor with the regular booths and stuff. Uh, there was no like celebrity area. There was just like we're putting you here by this other other local artist, and he was there with his wife. And, uh, and I walked up to the table, and he was just like, "Oh, hello, friend." And he was—I mean, he has no accent. I don't know why he tried to do it. <laughs> and you know, he had his little cabbie New, New York cabbie hat. Yeah, and uh, I tried to get him to say it. And you know, he shook my hand, and you know, I was telling him I was like what a fan I was of the of the movies and stuff. And he was like super friendly, and like he and he he was like, "Oh, would you like a, a picture?" He didn't charge me for the autograph. He charged me for the. I think he charged me for the for the autograph, nothing, not for the picture. And his wife, his wife is actually she's like, "Oh, would you like a picture? I'll take the the picture because I had my camera on me because I was taking pictures of the nerds and costumes." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, excellent, my friend." And he was like, uh, had his uh, arm around me. I was just like, I don't know, it was just super, not a, a a super detailed story, but it was just like one of those moments where I was like, "Oh, I didn't think like a celebrity would be yeah like this nice and stuff." And he was signing, and he's like, uh, "To my friend." Uh, Fred, and he put something in there. And I, it, it's not legible on whatever he wrote on there, and I had to like try to interpret it what it means. And he was just like, you know, Walter, and uh, him and his wife were like, you know, super friendly. She was really, they were both really talkative. She was like really talkative, kind of like uh, like Neil's wife, you know, mm. just like kind of a motherly figure. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was telling him, you know, how I thought his, because I'm also, I was a fan of his son. Uh, his son uh, had actually played uh, Boners to Bone on Growing Pains. He was uh, yep. uh, his friend, but he also was telling him, like, he was like, your son probably up until that point had played like the best Joker I had ever seen because he was in that Batman, was it that short film where he Batman oh, fought a predator yeah. and uh, an alien. And the, it opens up with him chasing the Joker through a, a dark alley and the Joker's in a straight jacket. Yeah. And, and that was, and he was just like, you know, talking about how proud he was of his kids and stuff. And uh, he's like, oh, he's like, thanks for saying that. And, but yeah, so he was my, my number one, just, you know, as a start to meeting celebrities at cons, like, you know, he had to be my, my number one just because of how friendly he was. So he really set a precedent for what I expect from uh, celebrities at these conventions to be nice. Give me a free photo op. <laughs> Well, and he's one of those ones that have been doing conventions for years, but yeah. not just because of Star Trek, because of his comic book writing yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. He's He's been doing the con circuit for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I, I, he's one, another one of those, uh, you know, in my position, I don't get to see a lot of celebrities, but I get to hear about a lot of people who've gotten to meet celebrities. And he's one of those ones that you hear all the time about how generally nice a guy yeah. he is. Super cool dude. Um, okay, so my number one is uh, Stephen Amell. Um, we talk about generally nice guys. <laughs> Stephen Amell, I think, would win in a nice-off between all these guys. <laughs> um, I've never seen somebody who was truly interested in what his fans thought. Yeah. But at the same time, was his own person. Yeah. You know, uh, I followed him on social media, and if, uh, y'all don't know who Stephen Amell is. He's Arrow on or he, uh, Oliver Queen on Arrow, and uh, that's that has pretty much been the show that has pushed him up to the stardom that he has now. Yeah. Um, but this guy takes the time to talk to every person, yeah. and you, you, he never seems rushed. He never seems like it's an exasperation to have to deal with the fans. Yeah. He is truly appreciative of his fan base, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of actors out there that are, yeah. but for some reason, his just comes out the, 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 his appreciation for the fans. He says it all the time on his social media and things like that. So we got to meet him. We got to take a photo op with him and uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, which was kind of funny. Cause I asked Dave Ramsey if he ever got uh, confused for David Ramsey. Um, and he, he chuckled about it. His assistant didn't know what I was talking about. He, he said, well, there's this guy, his name's David Ramsey. <laughs> he made a point to say David. Uh, and, uh, he does, uh, helps does financial counseling, you know, has written a few books and everything like yeah. that. He's, he's shorter than I am. Never mentioned the fact that, uh, that, uh, David Ramsey is also a, a white guy, yeah. whereas he is an African-American guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he he thought it was kind of funny and got a chuckle out of it. Uh, so when we when we went after we went in the line with uh, uh, Dave Ramsey, we uh, uh, sorry David Ramsey, I went into the line with uh, Stephen Amell and we got there. And I have a shirt I call it my opening night movie shirt, yeah. and it says "This better not suck." That's all it is. It's a black shirt that just says "This better not suck." Yeah. So I, we walk up line. And he asked me about my shirt. He goes, "Oh, what's that?" I said, "Well, this is my opening night." movie shirt and he goes oh cool he said what's what's your best opening movie night experience yeah. you know and i i relayed my story and he and so he he then proceeds to relay us his story oh, yeah. of his favorite opening night movie 
uh, you know, and I think it was the Dark Knight uh, oh, yeah. that uh, he went and saw and had, and I don't, I don't remember the specifics on the story anymore, unfortunately. But it was just really cool interaction where we got to sit there and, and talk, and he sat there and took the time to sit there and talk yeah. to us over just a random subject, you know, that it, of his choosing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't initiated other than this, and I, I had the opportunity at that point, and I told him, I said, you know what, I have to tell you, I really appreciate. Who you are and what you do, yeah. your 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 charity causes, how you treat people, your your ability to stand up when people troll you on the internet. I said you, other celebrities should look up to you yeah. on how to treat their fans and be in the spotlight yeah. because you're doing an absolute perfect job yeah. of it, in my opinion. And uh, he was very appreciative of that. <laughs> and like I said, it was a really cool experience and and neat. And I, everybody I've ever talked to that's that's experienced Stephen Amell has said the exact same yeah. thing. He is just that kind of person, yeah. you know. So yeah. he is he is definitely my number one. I would love to meet him again yeah. at any point. Uh, you know, uh, same with a lot of these, but I, he just really topped the charts for me. I, I still love the story of him where he got the invite from someone to go to a birthday party, an arrow-themed birthday party this woman was putting on for her son, and she sent him the invite, and he went to it, uh -huh. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you talk about making a kid's birthday, you yeah. know? <laughs> oh, <crazy>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard a, what was it, I saw him on, I think it was The Tonight Show, when <laughs> Jay Leno came back. Uh, Carol Burnett was on the same show, and uh, she, he was the first guest, and then they brought her out, or it may have been vice versa, because usually the more popular guest goes first. So they brought him out and he was sitting at the at the guest chair and he was talking to Carol Burnett saying that uh, when he was a kid, uh, him and his sister were made to believe that Carol Burnett was their aunt because she looks like their biological aunt who lived far away. And their mom always told them, they're like, oh, there's your aunt, whatever. And stuff. And so they would always like when they would watch Carol, the Carol Burnett show, they were like, oh, there's aunt, whatever. And he was telling her that, I don't know, is this a really charming story? And she was just like, you know, her heart melted at her. <laughs> and telling her that, that you know, that he, he was such a young guy that was a fan of hers. And yeah. You have your number one? Yeah, I have my number one. And uh, like I said, all of my convention experiences have been, like I said, social interactions or just random, you know, random meetings. Primarily because I'm always I'm working these shows. I'm just... Uh, my focus is working. You know, I'm not, I don't have the time to get, normally don't have the time to get out and interact. We were trying to see the celebrities. Uh, but the best one I had to date would be from, and this is my number one, is Jason Muse. <laughs> uh, Jason Muse is more famous for being Jay in Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, it's been in majority of Kevin Smith's movies and everything. Um, and it was just, just the way he handled this, handled it was just really cool. Uh, when I met him, it was again, it was at the new year's show. And like I said, there's a lot of celebrities walking around, you know, didn't get the chance to meet everybody. I mean, I met a lot of people, but didn't get the chance to meet everybody. But I see Jason news walking by and I go, Hey Jay, any chance I can get to meet you? He goes, yeah, sure. I'm just I'm busy. I gotta go do something. I'm like, it's like, okay, no problem. Didn't think anything about it. You know, again, he's busy. You know, he's got signings and photo yeah. ops. No worry. Didn't expect to see him again. Yeah, put it out of my mind. Five minutes later, I see him coming back around the yeah. corner. He made it a point. 
to come back yeah. and see wow. me and have a conversation. That's awesome. You know, and that just stuck out with me because as a guy who probably never had the best reputation, yeah. you know, during his younger days and who's viewed probably not in the most positive light, you know, he made it a point to do that for someone he never met, yeah. you know, and we talked and I asked him, you know, how he was doing since he got himself clean yeah. and everything like that. And, you know, he was made a comment how they, you know, they always do updates on it on their, on his and Kevin Smith's podcast. Yeah. But again, just the fact that he made a point and he didn't have to, yeah. I wasn't, you know, like annoyed or anything yeah. that he, you know, walked off or whatever. I just, just, but the fact that he went, he took that extra step to yeah. come back and, do that yeah. uh, says a lot about his character and everything. So yeah, that that was that's my number one <laughs> uh, con guest meeting experience. Yeah. Since Jason Mewes. Awesome. Well, I, I got one more question for you guys. Sure. What what is um, so we've all met a fair amount of celebrities and everything, but what is the the one celebrity that you would look forward to meeting the most if you could? I and mean, if it was. No restriction. Who's the one person you would really like to meet and would just like be like to the moon for you to to meet? Hmm. For me, probably uh, uh, yeah, going back to Jason. I mean, he's probably Kevin Smith, just because I'm a fan of uh, his movies. Uh, I mean, he's the reason I wanted us to do a podcast because I'm more of a fan of his podcast now than I am of his. Not to say that like I'm not a fan of his movies, but like there's I've come to a point where it's just like I'm probably never going to rewatch these movies again. I like the movies that he's making now just because they always have something to do with the podcast where it's like only podcast listeners will get what he's trying to do with these movies. Uh, but yeah, yeah, probably Kevin Smith uh, or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger if he ever right. <laughs> if he ever did the concert because I'm a huge Arnold fan. Uh, for me, well, I mean, that's a hard one. It's not something I really think about because, again, I have met so many of these, so, so many celebrities and it's just, uh, God, maybe Mark Hamill. Oh, just, yeah. I don't know, just because one, it's it's Luke Skywalker, yeah. you know, it influenced our ch all of our childhoods. Yeah. But he was also the he's also the definitive Joker, you know, and just and I've heard so many just cool stories and yeah. stuff with him and how you know when he signs stuff, he always puts everything signs something differently yeah. every time, <laughs> you know. I I just think it would be like just really cool just to meet him and just have that. Had that experience with him, you know, just because of everything I've heard. Uh, for me, it it it, it actually is a, a comic artist and writer, um, and I'm a little torn because there's there's one artist I would love to meet, uh, and that's that's Arthur Adams. But mm -hmm. more so than him, I would love to meet Alan Davis. Yeah, I've been a fan of his work since the first time I saw it. Uh, his his stuff with Captain Britain, all the people he's worked with, his his stuff on Excalibur, which is one of my all-time favorite comic books. Uh, and, you know, he just, he's one of those artists and writers for comic books, which have been so important in my life, that has just resonates with me. Yeah. And I, I would love to, to talk with him uh, and everything like that. You know, there's others that are neat. There's a lot of actors and everything, but, you know, I he's the person that I would be most excited to meet and sit and be able to talk to. Yeah. John Wesley ship through a, the monkey wrench in the mind because I had another person on there and when I added John Wesley ship, I completely forgot to even try to rearrange this person into my list. But to go back to what you, what you opened the segment with about uh, meeting someone not in a convention setting. And this, this person would probably be on, 
on my your, your uh, you know to answer your question about uh, uh, someone who we would want to meet in a, that we haven't met yet. Uh, we're meeting uh, David Hasselhoff at a coffee shop <laughs> in Plano uh, earlier this year. Uh, as uh, you know, David David Knight Rider Hasselhoff himself, <laughs> Michael Knight, because his his nephew actually uh, opened a coffee shop in Plano called Exo Coffee, Exo Coffee Company, and as part of a promotion for their, they had already been open, but they were doing a grand opening thing. Right. So they, you know, they brought in his uncle, and he was doing like press, like he was on the morning news that whole day uh, here locally, and rushed out there, and I called in late for work, stood in a long <laughs> line outside of this coffee shop. Uh, people driving out there in their Trans Ams and stuff right. like that. And it was like a convention. Like there was a line to go That's in here and awesome. meet him. He had a table at the end of the the thing. They had special T-shirts that they made just for that day. Uh, you know, I had coffee with the Hoff. I had coffee with the Hoff uh, T-shirt, <laughs> and I got in line and I and I had ordered a bunch of Hot Wheels on eBay. Hot Wheels uh, Night Rider cars. They didn't come in until that day. Oh. So and the mail didn't come soon because I was going to get autographs for all of us. And that, fortunately, that didn't happen. And I go up there to meet him, and he's like super nice. He's like, you know, shaking my hand. The girl at the coffee shop, you know, is taking the picture. He like, and I was wearing a Firebird Trans Am baseball cap that I had him sign. He was like, love it, love it. And, you know, and then, you know, we were shaking hands and we were leaving. He's like, just telling everybody, he's like, God bless and all this other stuff. And it was cool. He signed a menu for me, and I had, uh, bought a picture off of him also. Nice. But yeah, that was, that was like a super cool thing. That was, that was one of those things where, like, a few days before it happened, I was like, David Hasselhoff's coming to Plano? Like, with the, like, this, I, like, I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Cool. So, well, if, if you, any of you guys want to send us your stories yeah. of, of celebrities you've met or even of a celebrity that you would really like to meet and, and the reason why, we'd love to hear that. Or also, even uh, any convention experiences you've had. Yeah. You know, since this is a convention episode, so. Uh, yeah, share with us, folks. please. <laughs> cool. And where can they where can they contact us? Uh, they can go to our site at uh, thenearmintfanboys.com or just nearmintfanboys.com. I've got both domains to make it easy. Uh, or at nearmintfanboys on uh, Twitter. Our Facebook page is the Near Mint Fanboys. Uh, email us at uh, uh, nearmintfanboys at gmail.com. Uh, for any suggestions or posts or anything. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd like to get this show growing and growing. Have any closing thoughts before we end this episode? Thank no, good, I, think, folks, I think we're man. good, man. Hope you enjoyed Thanks it. Thanks for uh, listening, guys. Thanks and, uh, for listening. And we'll make sure that uh, we're not as long yeah. out. Getting yeah, we're, we're episodes to y'all next time. <laughs> no promises, though. We're gonna try <laughs> to get some heaters for the winter. We're gonna try <laughs> and double. We're gonna double last year's episode count. We're gonna do six. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you later. Bye. Peace.